All right. Um, I am Mary Mauser, and I play Samantha LaRusso on Cobra Kai on YouTube Premium. I'm on the Below the Belt show, and you can find me at in, on Instagram at Miss Mary M. Mauser. Oh, you already followed me? I already awesome. found you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found you last year. <laughs> oh, 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 he did not just do that. I, did. I was about to say, I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like there's a competition, huh? Yeah, don't. don't I'm going to like more photos of hers. <laughs> don't, don't block me. <laughs> the Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. right happy new year guys 2021 this is the first episode of btb for the new year we certainly hope 2021 is a lot better than 2020 although due to the <laughs> uprising last week that might be a different story Woo, let's, whoop, let's whoop, just hope whoop. let's hope this year is a mulligan compared to last year <laughs> yeah right we well, need to do a over. slight decrease in bullshittery <laughs> would be would be nice. Yeah, yeah, but we're not really starting the year off uh, in that way. But we'll save that talk for a little later in the program, guys. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto. Um, we're excited to be back uh, on BTB for 2021. Again, still in the virtual format uh, due to the pandemic. Um, but it has worked out well for a lot of people, you know. Um, and let's go ahead and uh, introduce the panel. Uh, starting with, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, he is former Marine Corps, he is actor extraordinaire, and he is the one and only, the Captain Big Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, thank you for flying Air BTB. Tonight we're going to have a flight full of karate chops, so make sure you keep your seatbelts fastened and your seatbacks in their <laughs> upright position, because it's going to be a bumpy flight. <laughs> All right. Karate chops. Uh, also joining us on the panel, it's been a minute, as they say. Mm-hmm. And slang terms, he is the one and only cosplayer extraordinaire, production man extraordinaire, podcaster extraordinaire, the one and only Jesse Fresco, a.k.a. Hardcore Bloodshot. Back again, finally. It's been a while because my other podcast usually records on Wednesdays, and so this uh, would overlap, but thankfully I was able to get them to start early tonight. <laughs> so, duty, uh, Jesse, yeah. we're happy to have you back, and I don't know if it has anything to do with who our special celebrity guest uh, is it's tonight. Possible. It's <laughs> because all three of us here are big fans of the show. Cobra Kai on Netflix, formerly on YouTube. Of course, season three dropped on January 1st. Guys, we are excited as Johnny Desenzo, who plays Dimitri, will be joining us later in the program, guys. Um, 
It's just an incredible show. Um, all about Cobra Kai for tonight's episode. Myself and the King of the 80s, Chachi McFly, last week did an impromptu interview to adhere to this actor schedule of Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk, Eli. Cool. Hawk. I'm, sad I did, I'm sad I missed that one. That yeah, one looked that, cool. They literally said, he can't do this week, but can he do tonight? And that was last week. <laughs> and we were like, all right, let's just make it happen. We weren't planning to record or do any show last week to enjoy the holiday season, the two-week holiday season, as we always do on BTB. Mm. Nonetheless, we recorded that show. Um, that will be broadcast uh, or part of tonight's show at the end of the program. However, it is already available online already at all our platforms. Um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Um, the list goes on and on, guys. So, uh, oh, and Amazon, also on Amazon, guys. Basically, any, any format where sound can enter your earwaves, that that that's that's where it's it's gonna be found. That's where <laughs> it's gonna be found, guys. So we will really... find you and get in your ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a really exciting show. Of course, all of us here. Have finished season three, I'm imagining. Yes, everybody's seen Bro, season three. I season three. Each time the show airs, I finish the season in one night. In one single night. It's oh. so quick because it's like they're half hour episodes. Like, and, and the yeah. pacing is like. And they're so enjoyable to watch. It's yeah. not something you're like painfully sitting through oh. just so you can finish the series. I mean, I felt that way about certain shows. But this show is just it's so enjoyable to watch. From top to bottom, and uh, we're really excited to have Dimitri, everybody's lovable loser, I guess, um, <laughs> who uh, had quite um, an interesting um, arc on this season. So we're going to talk everything Cobra Kai with Dimitri. Uh, that's Johnny, Johnny Desenzo, when um, he phones into BTB. But um, since it's been a couple weeks um, since BTB has been on the air, uh, I just wanted to see... Um, just uh, just just happy new year to you guys. It's good to have you back. Happy new year. Um, is there yeah. anything that you're hoping for this year since this is the first episode of 2021? Are you anything you're hopeful for in 2021? Big for, Nick. Uh a little fucking peace and quiet would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, well when you when you allude to peace and quiet, Big Nick, you're, you're, you're um Relying to all the chaos, national chaos peace and quiet on, would be nice. Yeah, chaos going on in our nation. Yes. Yeah, that and uh, give me some more Star Wars. I'm I'm dying for more Star Wars. Yes, yes. Did, did you hear the news that apparently um the the pre the sequel trilogy is apparently in another universe compared to the Mandalorian? Good. <laughs> yeah, apparently that I think Dave Filoni said that that they threw the uh, sequel trilogy out the window because they're like, yeah, the hell with this crap. <laughs> it's like what? we can't we can't work with this. That makes me very happy. I, I'll take I mean, it. I'll this, take it. Yeah. I, you got to send me that. Like, I had not heard that's that. That's the rumor I heard, which is that they it's threw out the rumor. sequel to it, it, it is. We I've heard a couple article. of rumors, but yeah. I want to see an that's article one of them. confirming yeah. that because I don't know, dude. I, I'm totally cool with them retconning the, yeah. uh, the Disney trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Just please don't CGI Mark Hamill's face like that again. Please don't do Sebastian Stan and let it be done with I it. said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> How is it memes are telling this story better than the actual producers? (laughs) Marker Bloodshot, I got to say, man, I was trying to get you to watch The Mandalorian, and you're like, oh, I got this gripe with Disney. Fuck them. And then all of a sudden, you know about the stuff about Mandalorian. Did you finally take my advice and watch it? I did. I I watched it because I didn't pay for it. Oh, there you Uh, go. 
Thank yeah, you. I, 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 my buddy, a- my buddy Seth on the other podcast that I do, the Film Rescue Show, he lent me his account because I was like, I just, uh, I wasn't feeling great one day, so I was like, I'm just gonna watch The Mandalorian just to get it out of the way because everyone kept bugging me about it. Yeah. And there's one episode, it's the Bill Burr episode. Yeah. Um, where they had to transport season one. That season two. Yeah. Uh, the the Bilber episode where they transport the unstable material yeah. that is based on one of my favorite movies of all time, The Wages of Fear, uh, which was a, which was then remade by William Freakin, but into the film Sorcerer. That's exactly the plot of that story, which is like four guys are hired to transport very unstable dynamite to an oil derrick that's burning out of control, so they can blow up the derrick and stop the fire from spewing out of the ground. Hmm. that is literally copied in that episode that shows the people that are making the show genuinely care about good filmmaking. Yeah. I mean like the, yeah. the, the Ahsoka Tana episode was like a direct. Like oh, a, that that's Yohimbo. That's, that's yeah. literally Akira Kurosawa's Yohimbo. That's the same yeah. plot. Like yeah. the it's, people it's, that are taking, they're taking inspiration from the right stuff. Yeah. They're not just remaking the original trilogy like they did with the sequel trilogy. No, yeah. they're doing what I call respecting the audience, and you see the difference. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's and a difference they, between respecting the audience and pandering to the audience. Exactly. <laughs> they Thanks. respected the audience, but then they welcomed a whole slew of fans from 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 the new fans, which is which is the way it should be. Big time. I mean, obviously, you want to do something different, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you always want to respect um, the fans. Uh, you know, but you can say pandering to the fans is one thing. You don't want to overdo it, but yeah. you do want to keep everybody satisfied. And and I and that that's the problem with the third act of the the sequel trilogy is that <laughs> they wanted to do all those fan service things, but it just it felt a little flat because of all the things that they had to undo in the second film. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if I you'd think like to hear a deeper discussion about that, go to filmrescueshow.com and find the episode discussing <laughs> the rise of Skywalker. We had um. We had Jim Maxwell, who was very popular at Red Letter Media, recently won an Emmy Award for his visual effects on the oh. show Vikings. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so he knows visual effects, and so we brought him on to discuss the quality of that film. And he basically said that he can't see it as a as a film in and of itself. There's always this veneer over it. It feels like an amusement park ride rather than a film. Okay. Yeah, it's it. you know we had very few positive things to say about that movie. <laughs> well, I, yes, uh, I, don't I, think, I think yeah. a lot of people concur with that. But I feel that I, I, I guess I'll pivot to the first Star Wars news that I have. Might as well here <laughs> on Below the Belt show. Uh, I was going to do things out of order, but yeah, we'll start with Star Wars. Well, so first of all, um, the first big Star Wars project uh, by Kevin Feige apparently will go forward. And is he, is he in charge now? Uh, well, um, Loki executive producer and writer Michael Waldron will be signing on to write the screenplay. Okay. Um, so if you uh, like the Loki series, um, which, we, ha- which yeah. we ha- haven't seen yet, uh, <laughs> but if you uh, do like that when it comes out, uh, I guess maybe expect some similarities, but you never know, guys. Um Walton's work on the Star Wars movie is part of a larger deal he signed with Disney. Mm. Okay, so suggesting right. a long-term relationship. Um, so, um, so yes, I guess we have the Kevin Feige project and we have the Patty Jenkins project. So those mm-hmm. are the two um, feature films within Star Wars that uh, we're expecting. So uh, look forward to that, guys. Um, 
And of course, um, under the um, Disney umbrella, not only is Star Wars, is Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, News on Marvel that a third Deadpool film will be happening and it will be part of the MCU. Um, Very very interesting. Um, I I saw the Ryan Reynolds tweet. Yes, yes. Um, I love I love that. But obviously, um, since it is part of the Fox Marvel universe, Mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't it? If you're merging those two universes together, is it possible we can see some of the actors return? Because let's face it, some of the actors were great in their roles. Sure. Yeah. I think think even though some of the films missed, I think it's the best franchise to start this process of combining the two franchises. Right. Because he does get the. what was the time travel device at the end of Deadpool two? Yeah. Right. Let's say it just accidentally transports him into the MCU. <laughs> it's like, it's an easy, right. It's an yeah, easy, it's, it wouldn't be not, the first but, time they've done something like that. So that will leave everybody else. Uh, yeah, don't, in the Marvel Fox. Universe you don't need a realistic that. way of getting them into the MCU. Just like write any bullshit and you're in, you're in there. Like nobody cares. It doesn't I mean, matter. I would but, love to see a, a Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. And that's the third movie. They were talking about sick. that. Yeah, that, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Similar to how he killed um, Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when, uh, when <laughs> Ryan Reynolds version, yeah. killed himself, his version of Green Lantern. But you'll be happy to know, guys, it will be rated R, so they're not going to soften up uh, Deadpool to that's respecting the pander, pander to the Disney um, yes. you know, image. because. Well, I, I heard that the um, Disney Plus is introducing a uh, an adult line to put all the, the all the fox stuff on there cool but things like alien okay. and all that stuff that means that there was a division of marvel for a long time called the max universe um where it was like punisher max deadpool max wolverine okay. max. basically basically I remember it was, those, yeah oh it yeah it was like oh, yeah. hardcore violence lots of swearing lots of sex very political deep and yes. complex stuff outside of the something that black label dc should do because they're a little yeah even though they claim to be cutting edge and for mature audiences they're pretty much almost similar to yeah <laughs> i mean comics. i mean but Doom yeah, patrol but... kind of stands out a little bit but not by much mm. yes. um but yeah that's the thing is that with marvel you can you have so many people subscribing to disney plus it'd be stupid to not have an adult line you can only put on been... so much disney content I've been yeah. wishing for an R-rated Star Wars movie for so long. I actually <laughs> mentioned this, that my fantasy film would be an R-rated Star Wars film directed by Favreau and Filoni, starring Margot Robbie. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> That's your favorite movie. No, I would, I would, I, to direct it, I would say, like, Paul Verhoeven. Pull him out of retirement. Good old RoboCop director. Pull him out of retirement. Yeah. I mean, Starship Troopers? Come on, man. Oh, yeah. That, that, Starship yeah. Troopers with lightsabers. I'm, I'm on I'm board with that. He is a, he's, a, he's a brilliant director. He would be great. Um, in other Marvel news, Sony has postponed the theatrical release of Morbius, the comic book thriller starring Jared Leto. Um, Was AKA any is anybody looking forward to that at all? Uh, I no. <laughs> I mean, I miss I miss I'll, superhero movies. I'll Only probably that... go see it, or at least I'll watch it when it's streaming. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. The trailer looked okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not jumping over the fences for it. I'm not heartbroken they're pushing the movie, but everything's been yeah. pushed this year. So, I mean, that's pretty much the way that goes. But let's, uh, from Marvel, let's uh, talk about some DC stuff, guys. So, hmm. um, so, um, 
last time we were on the air was before we watched Wonder Woman, so we didn't really give our review of Wonder Woman 1984. Shout out to our buddy, the Cal Drogo of the DMV, Lion Beckwith, who played one of the jewelry thieves. He did an incredible job. Along with another DMV actor, Brendan Thane Wilson, um, who played the other jewelry thief. Um, <clears> so, again, um, I thought, you know... I, I feel like I know, those, like, six other people that were in that movie. Yeah, including, I, I worked on it, somebody. Yeah, were you both in it? I was, I was, I was in the grip department. I wasn't, I I wasn't I, credited, unfortunately. I, was, I worked background. And I think happy. I was the only person that wasn't in Wonder Woman. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, all yeah. my friends were in it. All it my friends. Fun. It was fun to work, even as a background actor. It was just a lot of fun. I really, I'm really all, all about... Uh, being at that big set, especially it was, now, it was a fairly yeah, chill you know? set, even if the days were kind of long. Now, what did you guys think of the movie? <laughs> so that's, see, that's Look, a different story, man. Let's, I'm, uh, I'm, let's preface this: I got paid really well for my time on the movie, but let's just say I did not work on it in a creative capacity. So let me just say this: the movie's terrible. <laughs> it's it's really bad. You said it was fine. It's passable at best, but the more I fine. think about your word was fine. The more I think about it, the worse it gets. Because I'm just thinking, there's only three fight scenes in the movie, and yet it's two and a half hours. And Wonder there's Woman nothing rapes happens. A guy. Like nothing happens in the movie. Yeah. Wonder I, Woman rapes a guy. Oh yeah, there's so, that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So yes, a lot of people are comparing them. <laughs> it's I'm called sorry, rape, guys. rape by deception. It's uh, it was actually also used in this Revenge. Movie, this movie ruined Quantum Leap for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Yeah, but, <laughs> another, but another, it, I don't know if you guys remember Revenge of the Nerds, but um, yeah. the, one of the main nerds dressed as Darth Vader, oh, who the sorority girl's boyfriend was uh, dressed in a similar costume. She immediately thought it was her boyfriend, fucked mm -hmm. him in the, the moon bounce, and then said, oh, you've never done those things to me before. Turns out to be the head nerd. Wonder Woman, very similar. I mean, um, you know, Diana, you know, Prince, you know, asked to have her wish granted, you know, for, for Steve Trevor to return. Um, that really wasn't the case 100%. His soul entered the body of a stranger, correct? Yep. Yeah. Took over uh, his mind, his persona. And then you see them. So they, you see them in the bedroom. They after they've had sex. I mean, I, clearly he's shirtless. They had sex. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, not... <laughs> now here's the thing. Like, I'm sure if the god, the guy who was in the body, whose consciousness was stolen from him, right, was awake and found himself in bed next to Diana Prince Galgado, however you want to describe her, I'm sure he wouldn't complain. Yes, that's true. Yet at the same time, but he might. <laughs> He could be gay. You don't know. He could be married. Yeah, maybe he's married. Maybe he's a widower. You know, he lived on his own. He could have been. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Like, and if you notice, that same character kind of didn't like hit on Diana. Oh. At the end of the film, did you notice no. that? Yeah, yeah, I did. So that means that he might. But then again, it, it's. How about this for a theory? How about this? How about <laughs> he was conscious through all of it? He just had no control over his body, so he could <laughs> see what was happening the whole time. Which is worse. Which, because <laughs> he couldn't say anything. Uh, because but then he it's still on his. The street, he's like, hey, I've had sex with you. <laughs> which is worse because it's still his body. Because yeah. only yeah. Diana sees him as Steve Trevor. Everyone else would see him as just him. Yeah. Which means he's committed like. How many crimes in that movie? 
Good point. Yeah, he's thought, like yeah, a he's like a war criminal now. <laughs> yeah, he's like infiltrated like several nations, you know, yeah, violating a military jet. Oh, oh god, that. Oh Jesus. Uh, it just okay, ha- look. Happened to have fuel, right? The plane happened to have fuel. Unless they were yes, using it for all those Smithsonian planes that have the engines in them and all the fuel still in them. Yes, of course. Unless they're doing like a little demonstration, that's kind of like man. They script. wouldn't do that yeah. Smithsonian. But anyway, they don't. No, anyway. Also, Smithsonian doesn't look like that or have an airstrip. Uh, we can we can nitpick eighty four all we want. But. Yeah, that's it. Like the the, the um, more I the more you nitpick it, the worse it gets. It's but you know, I thought it was great for Washington D.C. and the D.M.V. region yeah. to have a major blockbuster shooting. Uh, you know, a majority of the film in D.C., which is fantastic. I shot, they shot a lot in England, even though in some parts of England. Yeah. Was, you know, I think the last time that they actually shot a large chunk of a movie here in D.C. was was it Transformers Three. Oh wow! Transformers. Yeah, well, they they yeah for but yeah usually they come in for like Ooh, oops, excuse whoa me. hello some <laughs> exterior shots with some of the monuments. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter Sol- Soldier is one of them actually. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Shots, oh yeah yeah. 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 Did Transformers three was here well. for like a couple of weeks filming a yeah. lot of stuff. In DC. Which one? Transformers three was it? Oh, Dark yeah. Side of the Moon, whatever Dark the hell it was. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I never watched it. I don't care. <laughs> well, the Wonder Woman it was um, better than Wonder Woman. Still, yeah. uh, despite it, it lackluster reviews by some people, um, it did manage to win the box office. Uh, for the third straight, there's weekend. no competition, so of course it won. It, yeah. it is the only uh, blockbuster happening. The competition right. was that Robert De Niro movie that's been in there for three months. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. A good so, uh, movie. Whatever. So that's the number one movie, followed by The Crudes, uh, New Age. Didn't The Crudes knock it down at one point? Uh, well, they've had it three weeks in a row, so I don't think they've knocked it down just yet. Oh, okay. Um, well, it did get knocked down on Rotten Tomatoes into the rotten category. <laughs> uh, yeah. News of the World, number yeah. three. Monster but, Hunter, number four. I will say, I, I will gladly take 1984 over any of the Zack Snyder stuff. At least the movie is goofy and it knows it's goofy, as opposed to Snyder stuff where it's like taking it realistic and it doesn't work. Sure. Like you well, can't make realistic Superman. Superman doesn't exist. It's not a real person. It's not a real character. You can't be complete. But the episode I was just doing on on uh, Palette Cleanser, the other podcast I do, was we talk about good movies. We talked about Into the Spider Verse. Oh hell yeah! And like the reason that movie works, it didn't go realistic. No. It's it it knows it's goofy. It knows it's ridiculous, and so they embrace that, and that's why the movie works. Oh, the movie. I thought it was a fucking masterpiece i love that. yeah it, it's damn near perfect and it's because they embrace the fact that making it realistic would hurt the movie you can't shoot that kind of stuff live action no nah. it, it should what, be animated like if, so if what if Wonder what, Woman what was animated all, all problems forgiven <laughs> and that's the thing because <sighs> that's because like dc animated movies they're good they're all good all of them yeah. are amazing yeah but it just the live action stuff is just yeah, there's no quality up. control. There's nobody at the helm saying like what they should be doing. It's just like it's it, it's what I they call shot Kevin Feige. It's what yeah. I call shotgun writing, where they just blast a shotgun against the wall and they just whatever sticks they go with. We've yeah. we've coined a term on Film Rescue to discuss these kinds of movies, which is called blunderbusters instead of blockbusters. These big, overhyped, overblown movies that just come out and are meant to sort of like start a franchise but don't. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, well, the problem like I... the Mummy 2017, the, the Three Musketeers in 3D, yeah. like they're meant to start a franchise, but don't. Well, that's the thing. They started this franchise so strong with Wonder Woman. Yeah. The first, first Wonder Woman film. The first Wonder Woman is two thirds of a good movie. The last was, act is terrible. Okay, well, um, it, it was definitely good. It was definitely a good. A decent it's a good film. film. It's it's the only um, good one prior to Justice League that's actually good. The the second film it just is so significantly worse than the first film. Um, and I think and there's no thought, reason for it either. They yeah. had so much time. Like everyone says, like, oh well, you know, it's COVID hit and all these problems. Like it's not like they had 18 months of post production time to fix the CGI. That's just insane. <laughs> It's true, and they didn't go through a ton of reshoots like Solo like, or some oh of the other gosh, films like, did, you know. Um, so no there was no excuse for yeah, it not just, to be good. And um, I even said like this movie shouldn't have been shot on move in, on film; it should have been shot digital because like the visual effects of the Mandalorian look perfect, and it's like a tenth of the budget. Like, how is it that that looks good, and yet Wonder Woman 1984 is like what 200, 300 million dollars, and it looks worse? Because they shot it on film against the green screen. Shoot it against the LED wall, it'll look great. I don't think a lot of people have adopted that technology yet, have they? They should. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. the reason Mandalorian got all those yeah. animals. It looks good. Well, another it's DC the way news, you do it. Another DC news, because we didn't mention this last time, kind of broke after we ended our season last year, but Michael Keaton is going to be the main Batman in DC's upcoming cinematic universe. So, as you know, he's coming back for the Flash movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Affleck will also be appearing in the movie as well, but um, I'm curious how they're going to end Ben Affleck's version and just keep Michael Keaton's version. I guess that's uh, all about. I'm really hoping it's simple. It's Flash is going to reset the timeline. It's it's got to be into the Spider Verse where they killed off Spider Man in the first ten minutes, and then okay. another one replaced him. Please let that be what happens to Affleck. <laughs> yeah. That way, it just finally puts uh, a nail in the coffin of the, of I, the Snyder I didn't, I didn't hate. It's Affleck like Han Solo, man. Just let him fucking die. I yeah, didn't, I didn't hate Ben Affleck. He's fine. It's just the movie is terrible. In, 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 well, okay, his portrayal of that. Let, let's take the movie out of the picture. His portrayal was okay. I, I mean, like, he's a good, he's a good like actor. Ben Affleck's Batman. I would have liked to have seen better writing in the movies that he there made. There you go. Yeah. Why did you say that name? So that'll be exciting to see. Um, and The Flash has reportedly started production in April. Um, but uh, someone that will not be a part of this film is the actor Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg. As you know, mm-hmm. he's got heat with Joss Whedon and a lot of the DC um, heads, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Johns for one, um, because of, you know, aggressively uh, verbal abuse and other issues, yeah. which has not been disclosed. They, Sort of settled it, you know, for whatever, but um, I don't know if they're going to recast Cyborg or not. We don't know what happened because they didn't really talk about it. It was never revealed what happened to Ray Fisher mm-hmm. and Josh Whedon and the others on set, other than it was just abusive behavior, verbal abusive behavior of that mm-hmm. sort. Um, I mean, yeah, the said, way I see it, you, you know, Josh Whedon, might be a to- Josh Whedon might be a total hack, but he's still, you know, Hollywood royalty. So, yeah. right. All he's got to do is blacklist you, and that's it. Yeah. But the yeah. problem is, in, in Hollywood, is you don't talk shit about your boss. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, it, like, imagine if I yeah. went into a restaurant and I asked the manager, hey, how's the food here? And the manager says, oh, the food here sucks. Don't eat here. Yeah. A, do you think I'm going to stick around for the food? And B, do you think that person is going to be employed for very long? 
no yeah. and no. Like, yeah. that's all it is. Like, you don't talk shit about your boss. As much as you want to, you can't. And and yeah. that's, this is kind of what Ray Fisher did. Yeah. Unless you've got actual physical proof, you can't yeah. do that. That's what we don't know, and nobody knows. I guess there's no proof about it, so he should just pretty much just leave the franchise and let it be recast. But, you know, yeah. it wasn't like Cyborg made a big impact in Justice League movie anyway, so I don't yeah. think that's a huge a loss. Um, mm-hmm. Until Green the Green Snyder Cut comes out. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be in that. But He'll I, be in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, but that's that's going to be it for Cyborg, I think. Yeah. I, well, Ray Fisher is Cyborg. Um, yeah. Whenever we'll I think see. of Cyborg, I think of like a knockoff character. I don't think of like an interesting developed character. <laughs> also, there's kind of, there's all kinds of political issues with the character of Cyborg, like yeah, a black guy that's been blown apart and he's re- he's repurposed and put back together to serve a team of mostly white people. It's like eh, it's a little sketchy as a character. So I don't know. I have problems <laughs> with that character in general. Okay, that's completely fair. Not, um, not, I have known nothing about the character beyond what I've seen in the films, so okay. I, I just I just don't care. I just, Big Neck, you mentioned the DC um, animated films are great. Well, news on the upcoming Justice Society World War II film has just assembled its voice cast. Matt Bomer will be the Flash. Uh, Stana Kotick uh, will be voicing Wonder Woman. And... Um, the amazing and beautiful Alicia Retard. Remember her? She was uh, on Below the Belt show. Um, she uh, would be uh, portraying Black Canary. Oh, cool. Or, um, yeah, or voice acting as Black Canary. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's pretty awesome. I mean, she was on BTV first, guys. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's really, really cool. Um, all right, I got some other movie news. So let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, Vera Farmiga is going to set, uh, set the star in and produce a movie called Bad Bloom. It's a horror fairy tale. Those are two interesting genres emerged okay. there, um, which will portray a family family living in isolation on a remote island to keep an unknown creature at bay. Okay. 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 Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Quiet. Um, Brendan Fraser, who um, is in the recent, uh, you mentioned Doom Patrol, um, um dc series but uh he's gonna be uh portraying a very interesting care character for darren aronofsky's next oh yeah i heard about this yeah okay so it's called the whale it's a 600 pound middle-aged man named charlie uh and his attempts to reconnect with his 17 year old daughter the two become estranged um after charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover who later died um but you know, Darren Aronofsky. I mean, he did He's Black a heavy Swan, yeah. Mother, Requiem for a Dream, um, and he, was, he makes movies that I really enjoy, but I never want to watch a second time. Exactly. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. I yes. like Requiem for a Dream. I've never watched it more than once. Yeah, I think it's the just, only Aronofsky movie I've seen twice is Hostel, and I think that's it. What, what describe what it is that you that makes you not want to watch it a second time? It's just uh, un, the unpleasantness. He's yeah, really good at making yeah. things unpleasant. I I love Kevin Smith's films, but yeah. there's one movie I will not watch a second time because it just gave me the heebie-jeebies, and that's Tusk. Oh yeah, Tusk. <laughs> Tusk for that very reason. I'm just like, I know I'm not gonna like this mm. movie. I watched it because I love Kevin Smith's work. Yeah. But dude, did it give me the heebie-jeebies, dude? Yeah. It's just yeah, not Kevin, a movie I watch. Kevin Smith time. horror movies. Did you ever see Red State? Oh, Red yeah. State is, yeah. Very Red appropriate State's, now. Yeah. No, but like Kevin Smith horror movies, man. Like he's he's good at making some fucking weird horror movies. 
<laughs> I him getting really stoned and making more Jay and Silent Bob. That's where there I like him. There you go. That's, That's where it. I like him. I did enjoy the uh, the reboot, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, me was, too. Yeah, it was good. Oh, it was fun. Oh, Ben Affleck news. He's uh, going to be directing a movie for Disney. Ooh. It's uh, called he's Keeper. Jumping from Disney. He's jumping shit from DC. And yeah. Gonna, and he's gonna, there we go. We'll gonna, see him in Star Wars in no time. He's going to direct Disney's uh, Keeper of the Lost Cities. Anyone familiar with that? It's a oh, best-selling book series. I don't read books. By Shannon, <laughs> Shannon Messenger's <laughs> novel. Um, it's about a 12-year-old telepathic girl named Sophie who is searching for answers about her secret abilities, learning that she's not actually human. Oh. But from another world that exists simultaneously with our own world. So that should be very interesting. Um, myself and Big Nick's one of our favorites is Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. Um, she'll be joining Carrie Elwes. Is that a pronounce name? Elwes? Mm-hmm. And Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone, basketball player? Uh, set the star alongside Jason Statham in Guy Ritchie's untitled, untitled spy thriller for Miramax. Um, Untitled. Miramax okay. is still a thing. Miramax. I thought, I thought that was gone. I thought they got bought up by Disney. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I thought Weinstein took care of that. Miramax and STX Films. I guess. I guess someone else heads Miramax now. It's still. That's cool. Still a yeah, but you had the Weinstein it, company. It was, <laughs> that was the head of uh, the the Miramax company. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um. So, hey, I mean, uh, uh, it's Guy Ritchie, and I, I'm a fan of his work, and you got hell of a cast right there. So that should be pretty cool yeah joe jonas of the jonas brothers is going to be acting he's already proven his acting chops um good good he's going to do um um a korean war drama uh called devotion um so look for that next war movie which Um, jonas what brother was in midway that's joe jonas that's also joe jonas joe jonas is the actor of the three the other Two haven't really delved into the one's, acting world. One's married to Sansa Stark, and yeah, uh, I don't know about the other one. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Um, J- uh, I think J- Nick Jonas. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's easy to get them mixed the up. <laughs> They're all the same. Fine, <laughs> yeah, I think Nick Jonas is the one with uh, Sophie, and then Kevin Jonas is the one that is not really doing much. He's, He's the one that okay. sucks. <laughs> yes. Started his own business. Fuck it. <laughs> Lame ass. Uh, so as you know, I try to be nonpartisan on the show. I thought, you know, I'm, I kind of lean all over the place sometimes. But, you know, I usually I, I, I make decisions that make sense, in my opinion. I mean, of other course. people might be a little different. But I'm really looking forward to this biopic. It's about uh, John McCain, um, who was the late Republican senator. I really think um, out of all Republicans, he, this guy was a class act. You know, I mean, he was a war veteran. Um, and um, I'm r- really curious to um, to see his story uh, on screen. Um, he was a POW, wasn't he? He was a POW. Um, and my, many people called him a moderate Republican, you know. So, And I met him. I met him at the White House Correspondents Dinner. He's oh. very, very, um, he was very kind. And gracious, and it was it was, it was an honor to meet him. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, anything that could, uh, oh no, no cast has been announced for that, but it is in pre-production. Um, so um, Cindy McCain will actually executive produce. Oh, cool. And his wife. So interesting to see that one. Um, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem are in negotiations to play Lucille Ball and Desi oh, Arnaz, respectively. God. 
This will be uh, directed by Aaron oh, no. Sorkin. Oh, that's gonna be that's um, gonna be hard to watch. I mean, like I grew up on on I Love Lucy, and you guys probably did too. But the thought of Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm well, too old at this point. She's a good she's a good actress, but yeah. when you watch a lie love Lucy, you you think a comedic actress, right? Or yeah. someone with a little more I, I saw something today. A little more said, charisma, um, right? You think I more saw, charisma. I, I saw something today that said like the perfect cast for that would be uh John Leguizamo and Deborah Messing. That would be good. I've heard um Deborah yeah, Messing before with that. She was in uh what is it, Will and Grace? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah like that that's the better cast. She's a comedic actress. Mm-hmm. And some people were uh, critical because Javier Bardem's from Spain. He's not Latino technically, yeah. even though he's yeah. Spanish. He's not Cuban. But you know, I I'm not gonna close argue enough. That. Close I, enough. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that argue that he's a good actor. So fuck it. Um. So um, one thing that I look forward to pretty much almost every year is the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, they've actually uh, recently um decided to. Uh, well, we mentioned on the show that most of it was going virtual with some screenings in different cities. Well, apparently they've canceled all their Los Angeles screenings as mm. L.A. has become the new epicenter of the pandemic. And uh, it's Put your going, fucking mask on, goddammit. It's uh, going to be a purely, purely virtual event. Um, I'm not sure what other cities are still going to keep their in-person screenings, but obviously it's not the festival that I remembered and loved. Uh, which is all about um, being in Park City, being in the center of the action, going to all the hot parties, yeah. uh, grabbing that swag. <laughs> Ain't none of drunk, that didn't happen anytime. Get, getting that drunk yeah. off that open bar. Maybe in the next five years. Um, you know, hobnobbing with celebrities. I mean, it was an amazing time. And sadly, that's not going to happen this year. It's going to be the virtual route. Um, but um, yes, uh, sadly, uh, the in-person screenings for Sundance will not be happening um this year. So um let's move on to Disney Plus news. Um so we'll let's go back to Star Wars on the former Disney Plus. Um news on uh the Book of Boba Fett. Uh reportedly is only a four episode miniseries. Interesting. I expected that. Yeah. Okay. So I guess they, they really already know their story. Um yeah, tomorrow Morrison. They wanted to make it a Boba Fett movie a long time ago with Josh Trank and that collapsed because Josh Trank's an yes. apparently an asshole. Yeah. Um so I think they're using the same script, but maybe um chopping it they're, up. They're probably the reworking the script to make it into a TV series or just gonna cut it up into four parts. Fabro and Filoni will will do their magic on it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll just be like wrapping up Boba Fett's storyline, but it's not gonna be like extensive. Because like what what yes. can you really do with that character? Because you already have the Mandalorian. Yeah. You don't need two of the same character in the universe. So this is yeah. just meant to wrap up his story. So. Which I'm okay with. I'm happy Anakin. that he's finally getting his ending. And, yeah. ex- and explaining the uh, the escape from the Sarlacc pit, because we yeah. really haven't seen that. I hope they do a flashback. And yeah, not, some nice. fan, not some fan video. Everybody knew that was coming. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Everybody knew yeah. that was coming with Boba Fett showing up. Like That was great. So. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, he kept. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I got a little emotional when he showed up. I got a little teary eyed when I saw Slave One. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's back!" <laughs> I was very excited. So it makes sense. Uh, the, December will be the month of the four episodes mm. of the Book of Boba Fett, and then look for nice Mandalorian to not start until January, supposedly. That's okay. Yeah. 
Because After we're going to get, I mean, Friday we're getting some Marvel. I mean, we're going to be getting, they're, they're saturating Disney Plus with Friday, a lot of shit now. So Friday we're getting the first two episodes, I believe, of WandaVision. Yeah, first so, two episodes uh, of WandaVision. Are they not dumping it all at one time? No. Disney Plus is always they about one episode a week, but I'm surprised you're doing two episodes for. Why well, would we do that no. anymore? No, 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 Jesse. One episode a week is the way to go for Mandalorian. I'm not sure about WandaVision. No, but no, no. I'll tell you why. There's so many motherfuckers that post spoilers. Not everybody's gonna have goddamn time to fucking binge watch that shit. And if I saw one motherfucker that posts about Skywalker, spoiler <laughs> alert. Because all those episode drops, I will be pissed at the motherfucker, let me tell you. Mm. I love the one episode a week. It gave it gave people time because there's shit that happens in every episode. You dump that all in one day, some motherfucker's going to be posting it, and I was going to be pissed. Mandalorian, yeah. Game of Thrones, there's very few shows that cannot go the dump all entire season one night. I'm yeah. sorry that that has to be the case. Basically, anything that's talked about online cannot drop all at once. Yeah. Some that's, shows are worth... Some shows are worth releasing one at a time. Something like, like Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. Cobra Kai, they they dump the whole thing. And... Yeah, that's worth dumping at one time because it's like the episodes are so short that they could just like yeah. yeah, just throw it all online. Yeah. Whereas something like The Boys, mm-hmm. like just dump Ooh, that at one time be... as well. Like that that also should be at one time. Yeah, I, I could one time. That's a lot to digest, man. That's yeah. a, that's a very or, strong show. Whereas something like The Expanse, that should be episode by episode. Okay. I that, think if it's very it's so, spoiler ridden, big reveals, that's that like I can I can side on Al when it comes to things like Star Wars and and maybe Disney and the, the things where you know how important the spoilers are. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you, Al. I I, I know I, you probably want it, but part of you wants yeah. to watch it with the rest of the universe so somebody motherfucker won't spoil it. Mainly um, so this, people don't spoil it, but you right. know, I have the I have the endurance to sit all night and watch. You're something. probably gonna watch it all at once, and I you're would. probably gonna avoid the spoilers. Mm-hmm. But you I'm know, life kidding. happens. You're not gonna be able to watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Mandalorian is so popular, so apparently they want to bring those characters to Galaxy's Edge um, in California and in Florida. Good. Supposedly, Galaxy's Edge was all about the sequel trilogy. That's why it you was. saw. Ray, that's why you saw the new stormtroopers. Yep. That's why you saw, you know, those characters. Kylo I, Ren. I hear that's all going oh. away. Oh, is that why no one's been showing up? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's all COVID. But I, no, I think we've made it clear. They can't spend thousands of dollars at Disneyland. But I, yeah. you know, I don't think it should be. They should limit themselves to one point in the timeline. Just bring everybody out. I mean, it's kind of a dream. Fuck, Darth Maul and and Kylo Ren and one and one photo op. That'd you know, dope. as a fan, yeah, why not? You know, that's cool. Yeah. It's fantasy, man. You know, I, I don't think they need to. You know, um, bring you know, them all be back. strict to this timeline. Blah blah blah. You bring know. them all. Yeah. So I want to see. I want to see a baby Yoda at Disneyland. Yeah, it takes place between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Supposedly. But if they bring okay. Mandalorian, that's going to go all out the window Good. and all that stuff. So, and, and, you know, it's crazy because um, Disneyland right now uh, is is a um, going to be a COVID testing site mm. in California because it, just because of the surge in, in, in the state of California right now. It's yeah. pretty sad. You pay $400 for a ticket to Disneyland and then you get your COVID shot. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it like you need two shots, though? I think you need two shots, yeah. Two shots, yeah. one month 
part. And they even then, you're not completely immune either. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, news on the Willow series on Disney Plus. John M. Chu uh, is stepping away because of the pandemic. Because it's in the UK and they have lockdowns right now. Plus, uh-huh. John has a, another baby. His wife is, has another baby coming, so the timing is just not going to work. Uh, John Chu is stepping down. Um for directing, I guess, um, the pilot or the first episode. Um, what else has John Chu a... directed? Pardon? What else has John Chu directed? The G.I. Joe movie, um, Step Up 2 and 3, uh, which I was a part of too. Hello. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what was his biggest hit? Um, he's had bigger hits than that. Um, and it's escaping me right now. Um, Big Nick, do you know um, the movie? Uh, off, now off the top of my head, I don't. There's a huge blockbuster that he did. Oh, um, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, oh okay. yeah, this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Okay, was, was that's big, cool. That was probably his most successful um, um, yeah, film, for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Disney Plus uh, Marvel series. We have Moon Knight. Um, May... Kalamai, uh, best known for her work in Hulu's Rami, has nabbed the role in uh, the Moon Knight series. Um, Oscar Isaac, who's Poe Dameron in Star Wars, is now part of Marvel now. So he's kind of... Uh, well, technically he was part of Marvel because he played Spider-Man 2099 in, in yeah. the Spider-Verse <laughs> at the tail end. Like, no, you're pointing at me! No, you are... <laughs> I guess you could argue that point too, but I think it, yeah. I think an actor's really made it if he's a star, if he's in the Star Wars move uh, franchise and the Marvel franchise, yeah. and if he if he can add DC to that resume, then I feel like you've really made it. And I know there's a short list of people that have been all all three. I just have to yeah. compile that one, but I think that's pretty rad. Um, so the Batman spinoff on Disney on on sorry on HBO Max. Um, so apparently Joe Barton is going to be a new showrunner. It's all about the Gotham City Police Department. So Wasn't there already a show about that called Gotham? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, how is doing it again? I guess this 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 is going to be on HBO, so there's going to be tits and fuck. Yes. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to say fuck in, in Gotham City. Yes. Because that's well, all you really want to say at Gotham is this, just fuck. This will Gotham. tie to the Batman movie of Rob Pattinson. Oh, okay. good. Okay. So, so like, I, so, the, so the city is not literally across the fucking river from Metropolis. Right. Thank God. <laughs> uh, if that, that they decide to go that route, which we haven't seen the new Batman, do we know that yet? Just fuck it. <laughs> fuck BBS. <laughs> <laughs> we will finally. We'll, and I'm sure all three of us are really excited that Sex in the City is coming back. No, I'm just <laughs> Sex in the City. Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis confirmed Kim Cattrall, who's very vocal about not participating in anything related to Sex in the City, will not be a part of it. Um, it really isn't clear the heat that um, Kim Cattrall has, but apparently they will be addressing her absence. In the series, any of you guys uh, were a fan of Sex and Sunshine? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Can't, no, can't say no. that I am. Neither was I. <laughs> um, Issa Rae's uh, HBO comedy Insecure will end after its upcoming fifth season, which will premiere later in 2021. All right, uh, news on Netflix. Netflix has just dropped a trailer for every major movie, as you know. There are the place for TV shows now with the whole pandemic. A lot of movies are going straight to Netflix. Which is a good thing in a way. I'm okay um, yep, Dwayne Johnson, um, Melissa McCarthy, Holly mm-hmm. Bear, Jason Momoa, Amy Adams, Ryan 
Reynolds, Chris Hemsworth, Lynn Manuel Miranda were a part of the, the sizzle reel uh, that we'll talk about. Uh, that basically showcases all the movies that will be dropped on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Red Notice is one of them. We mentioned this on the show before, starring Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman herself, and Deadpool. <laughs> talk about two <laughs> universes, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, uh, the Harder They Fall with Regina King and Eldris Elba. We have Army of the Dead with Dave Bautista, which is Zack Snyder's project. I know you love Zack Snyder, Jesse. Yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda's Tick Tick. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder did a did a Dawn of the Dead like what was it like 2006? Uh, 2004. Yeah, or something so, like that. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is this supposed to be we'll a sequel see. to that? No, yes. it's just its own thing. It's I think it's, it's, it's its own, own thing. thing. It's its own right. thing. Okay, I wasn't sure where in the timeline that would be. Now, that's what really surprised me. Th- these are two actors that are head blockbusters that go only to the theater. Mm. But it's called Don't Look Up. It stars Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio. Can you believe oh, that? Boy. They're going to a Netflix streaming movie, which I would never imagine mm. that would ever happen because they're such blockbuster, go to the movie theater, watch their movie kind of actors. Well, you know. here's a question. What are the budgets on these films? Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Are, were these already shot before the pandemic occurred and they just finished them in post-production and didn't know what to do with them? I think some of them probably, but not all some, of them. Some have, the, yeah, some have the big budgets with the intention that they were going to go to theaters, but they're yeah. going to Netflix as an option. <clears throat> that, I think that's the problem is that they don't know when it's going to end and theaters are going to open up again. Yes. Like, I, If anything, this whole pandemic has proved to people that movies are too expensive now. Like... Wonder yeah, Woman 1984 no. cost around, what was it, $200, $250 million? It's one of the most expensive movies ever made, not adjusted for inflation. So they're never going to make that money back, no matter how much they make off of... Off of uh, um, They'll make it these... back in the next 20 years. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like you, it, inst- it was instantly a bomb, even when it hit streaming. Right. No matter what they did, it was going to bomb because they can't make money off of theaters. So it just goes to show, like, you dumped all that money into that movie and it gets very negative reviews and you can't make a profit on it, on it no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe spend less money and put more into, like, the quality of the movie? Maybe. You know? Okay. Do more with less? Uh, do more with and less. The actually make a good movie and people will show up. Yeah. Oh, but, you know? well, yeah, with respect to movies, yes. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, um, movies don't need to cost the same amount of money it would take to rebuild a third world country. <laughs> it, they don't need to cost this much yeah as much as i love mad max fury road you didn't need to spend that much money yeah, you know i mean you didn't need to spend that then again you don't want um a shoestring budget either so you definitely no, you don't need i'm not talking about like <laughs> like cut everything to the bone i'm talking about right. like don't just put trim any some kind of the fat trim the fat trim, okay. trim the fat like Ask an actor to not be paid twenty million dollars. Yeah, that would do it. That that's bullshit. Like, d- like, don't pay an actor that much money. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. As an actor, I have to admit, some of those uh, A-listers get paid way too much. They're having a lot of fun. Come on. Yeah, but that's why you see <laughs> movies like um, Doolittle come out. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, the reason that movie exists, we inferred, was that Robert Downey Jr. made too much money off of Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. So he made Doolittle intentionally to bomb so he could get a tax rebate so he would have to pay money for the money he made off of those Avengers movies. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Because his wife was a producer. He was a producer. They're filing jointly. So it's possible maybe it was just a 
a producer situation, a bomb on purpose. Huh. It's what we thought it was. Oh, we man. have no proof to back that up, but... It's conspiracy there. It's conspiracy. It's a sound theory, my friend. Yeah. Yes. If you wonder why the CGI in the movie is not done, the plot's in rags, the writing's bad, the editing is terrible, it's because the movie was never meant to be good in the first place. Interesting. I, now I just kind of watch it out of curiosity because... I really was not interested to about how bad it was. No, don't. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst movie I saw of 2020. That Have either of you seen The Kissing Booth or To All the Boys franchises, the young adult franchise on Netflix? Uh, those two films are coming to a close um, this year um, with their third films for both franchises. So that will end those two. They're very successful, um, but you never, never really watched them. Uh, Kevin Hart signed a first-look film deal with Netflix as well. He will produce and star in four separate films Okay. Um, with, uh, with Netflix. So that's a huge, huge deal. I'm curious to see what he puts together for that. Um, Zendaya and John David Washington, who's Denzel's son, if you didn't know, uh, yes. have a new film on uh, Netflix called Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trailer is, is shows very... Very passionate, intense passion on there. If you want to check it out. Um, but uh, Zendaya already proved her acting chops, won that Emmy uh, for um, Euphoria. If you haven't seen Euphoria, I think it's an excellent show on HBO. It's got a lot um, of dicks in it. It's got more dicks than I would hope, uh, but it's got a lot of boobies too. So <laughs> makes up for it in other ways. Um, for you Umbrella Academy fans, which will be returning for its third season um some new actors have been added mm-hmm. um and those will be members of the sparrow academy uh there are justin cornwell Brittany oldford jake epstein genesis rodriguez and Cassie david i've never heard of any of those people yes i am not familiar with them either however they will be returning and of course the biggest change will be elliot page mm-hmm. um who is reprising a role as vanya but the the elephant in the room we will see how they handle that one uh, i'm very curious to see how they handle that um on fx um the infamous punk band the sex pistols are, are getting a limited series about the the life and times of that iconic punk that band. is that is so not punk rock that's not punk rock to you at all. It's not punk rock. <laughs> Johnny Rotten. Uh, Johnny Rotten, yes. Um, it's based on a memoir uh, called Lonely Boy, Tales from a Sex Pistol. Um, but Danny Boyle, Academy Award winning Danny Boyle, will be uh, directing and executive producing the series. So it is in good hands. I mean, he's yeah. a good he is a good director. He's uh, He was great in the, the movie Yesterday, which was a great red carpet I got to attend last year for the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Um, over on Fox, Catherine Zeta-Jones will star as Dr. Vivian Capshaw on Fox's procedural drama Prodigal Son. Haven't seen Catherine Zeta-Jones in a minute. She's been living that yeah. luxury, yeah, that what luxury man. Yeah, and Prodigal Son, um, which stars um, Jesus from The Walking Dead. Um don't know who um, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus? I gave yeah. up on Walking Dead a long time Jesus ago. Jesus the yeah. long-haired. Uh, uh, Tom Payne played the character of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, wait, no. I remember who that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. I'm back. You're back now. You know who he is. Yeah. Is it Jesus or Jesus? It, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, the guy's white. On the TV oh, okay. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
for you fans of Arrow, um, the spinoff that starred Cat uh, McNamara as Oliver Queen's daughter is no longer moving forward at DCW. Um, that's kind of sad news, but then again, yeah. there are so many DC shows on the CW. There's too many. I, Although another series of things I kind of stopped watching. It could, yeah, yeah I, I so did much to keep up with. There's I just so much. Oh my God, there's so much. But one thing is that um, Supergirl um, will be ending. Arrow is ending, and Black Lightning is ending. Um, so that you know, that's yeah, really Steve Amell needs a break. <laughs> that poor guy. Yeah, the Superman and Lois uh, series could be something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised that Legends is still going. The little show that couldn't is still going. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thought yes. that show was going to be terrible, and it turns out one, it's one of the best ones. Yes. I've never seen yes. it. It's, I it's, saw a couple skip episodes. Season one. Yeah. yeah, skip season one, go to season two. It, it's really fun. It's basically just a comedy. It's all it yeah. is, just taking these ridiculous, absurd characters, putting them into a room, and just seeing what happens. Okay. Yeah, so, and I watched a, a couple episodes um, because we've had actors from that show. A lot of them are from Canada, and they're based. That's where they shoot uh, the series. And uh, every episode I've watched has been good. You know. Yeah. Um, they also were able to fit uh, Jonah Hex into there as well, and they actually have a good version of Jonah Hex. How did? Yeah. I don't know how that worked, but okay. <laughs> yeah. They, they went back to the old west, and they got Jonah Hex in there. It was Jonah Hex. Cool. All right. Yeah. Better than that, that Josh is... Brolin movie, which is terrible. Yeah, that's that's up there with eighty four. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's oh, that bad. Snap. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. I'm Batman sorry. v Superman, maybe. No, mm. maybe a little more accurate on that one. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Wonder Woman eighty. Well, it was bad, but not that bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I know Chachi will be excited about this. And Punky Brewster will premiere on February twenty fifth on the Peacock Network. Uh, um, just series. did a divorce. Um, sure about the divorce uh, the actress soleil moonfry in real life yeah i'm not i'm not sure about that but it will follow punky um um as now the mother figure um who okay. meets a foster child a girl in the foster system who reminds her of her younger self um so um yeah that that series only ran for four seasons so I mean, they what, again, they Brewster in the eighties, yeah, in the eighties. Yeah. So apparently, they yeah, they they think it's worth uh, you know bringing back. Of course, the Saved by the Bell out. came back with mixed reactions. You know, we I, talked about I the show even, before. I didn't even waste my time. It's just, no, it was, I didn't waste my time. It was overly woke, guys. I mean, I'm That's okay fine. with a little sprinkling of woke and make which makes sense. But when you overdo it, and it I was overdo at the pandering it, level of wokeness. Oh, it was the pandering level of wokeness, guys. I just yeah. could not. I could not get it. Like we said, there's it. a difference between pandering and respecting your audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two examples, because we've already mentioned the show, but one is that the most popular girl in school happens to be transgender, and she's the head cheerleader. I, I, I mean, nothing against transgender and the transsexuals, but does that really make sense? No. The, the the best quarterback on the team happens to be a woman. Maybe fifty or sixty years from now, I'll believe that. But right now, no. I think it was over the top, guys. So over the top. And Let's the timeout the- girl is no longer Zach Morris's son, who is a character on the show. It's the Latina girl that came up from a, a rough or poor upbringing, who happens to be at this school with a lot of rich kids. Here's yeah. here's what I'll so, say about again pandering. Here's what I'll woke. say about shows like that. 
there's yeah. those clearly, are the three main reasons. Clearly, there's an audience out there that wants this pandering, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a group of people out there yes. that want to see uh, the, the the Latino girl be the head football star or what all that shit. Right. Right. Um, the transgender. But then they can't be, be upset the most when they don't make a lot of money because most people don't want to watch it. Yeah. But there's also the problem that that kind of stuff isn't terribly realistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's impossible, but it's right. like a 1% chance that would happen. And I think that's mm-hmm. the problem is that some shows just don't age very well. Right. So, like so Save by the Bell age. didn't age very well. No, it did not. Like, True. I, I, I Either recently, will its reboot. Yeah, I, I've, recently, uh, I've recently been rewatching uh, Quantum Leap on the Roku channel. Okay. That show is a uh, uh, political minefield. <laughs> it's just the fact that a white guy quantum leads into a black guy's body prior to the civil rights movement Ooh. is very weird. <laughs> that was an odd episode to watch because, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like they're talking down to Scott Bakula in these racist terms, and they're using the N word on wow public tel- on like network TV back then. Yeah, wow. little, like little, that was from the nineties. Wild, Wild West back then. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like they wouldn't say that stuff on TV now, Actually, but they said it the, back then. The they wouldn't season. even say the N word, just the N word, not the Actually, actual word. I will, I will bring back, I'll bring up one modern series that did, which I was surprised. The first season, of The Walking Dead. Um, the brother of Daryl's character. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, played uh, Merle. Well, that, that, that's Merle. AMC. That's AMC. That's different from like NBC. That's okay. um, like this was like airing on like NBC a, yeah, years on ago in the nineties. It was only for season one, and and that was it. But yeah. they decided to go a different direction. Maybe I think maybe that was the, probably the better decision. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's watched the Lords of Dogtown movie, um, which is. is a one-hour, um, they're going to do a one-hour drama series um, set in the 1970s skateboarding scene in Southern California. So um, look for that. Um, uh, written by Cat Chandler, who's going to executive produce and write the project. That'll be on IMDb TV. Shout out to IMDb. Um, for people that have played the Risk board game, apparently that's going to be adapted to a television show. Oh, Jesus. I know, I know, right? Board games, really? We're, uh, the we're, ha- we're in board the games ha- now. The house Hasbro property that's taught families the art of diplomacy and conquest for over six decades will be getting a TV adaptation by House of Cards' own Bo Willeman, who was the showrunner of House of Cards, who... I'm sure Jesse's worked on. I, I have myself. Um, this have film it. already exists. It's called Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> Waterloo. It's, it's just, I, I, you can't you can adapt a board game into a film. Like Clue was able to do it, but that's because it's a story no? based game. There is no story to risk. No, there is not. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's like it's, like, it's Battleship. like Battleship. They did an adaptation too, didn't they? Was yeah, it and out? it was fucking terrible. What's that? <laughs> yeah. It's like so, it's alien spaceships in the ocean. Because like, you pretty much have to write it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Battleship was atrocious. That's yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just Transformers. That's all it was. I can't see that happening, guys. Um, uh, it's, I don't know. They were talking about doing a lot of different board games, like Monopoly was in development. Yeah. Really, like Ridley Scott was going to direct or some crap like that. Like, uh, I don't just, Yeah. Just I just, yeah, just, some board games just don't need to be. Yeah. And another thing that shouldn't be touched right now is anything. Ro- related to pandemic in a scripted series. Um, Nat Geo is going to do the Hot Zone Anthrax, 
Okay, so um, talk about bad timing. Bad timing, yeah. but it stars Daniel Day Lewis and Tony Goldwyn, who are two uh, great actors. It's going to be. Yeah, six I, thought, I thought he retired. No. I thought he okay. retired. I thought that uh, Phantom Thread was his last movie. Hmm. Um, maybe movies, but he's doing TV. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, okay. you're, referring, you're referring to Tony, right? No, I'm referring to um, Daniel Day. Uh, Dan- yeah. No, oh. you said Daniel Day Lewis. I'm sorry. Did I say Daniel Day Lewis? You said Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> he's retired. Daniel Day Kim, I'm sorry. Okay, oh, that I understand. <laughs> that I understand. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? <laughs> okay, so this centers on the anonymous bioterror attacks that caused panic across the country weeks after 9 11. Mm-hmm. Again, the bioterror, that's what we're experiencing now. Do we really want to watch that? I don't know. A little on the nose. What was that Michael Bay movie that came and went that got terrible reviews with Songbird? Songbird, yes. Oh, God, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, that yeah. movie. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Could, could you be any more any more offensive to your right. audience right now? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. I, I totally just, agree with that. Just such bullshit. Uh, this is something I'll be interesting in watching. This is the um, a TD, TV um, bio series of Ghislaine Maxwell. She is the madam of uh, Jeffrey Epstein and um, co-conspirator. Weren't, weren't um, they supposed to like take her to court and find out a bunch of information? Did any of that actually happen? Well, yeah, that, I think that took a backseat to everything going on, uh, everything going on in the, uh, in the world right now. But yeah, when is she going to get the trial? Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious to see a biopic of that. It, it's kind of intrigued me. The, the yeah. Netflix. Well, we uh, already know docu- how she's going to end. She's going to commit suicide in prison. Yeah. Well, that they'd have to replicate real life facts. So by the time they shoot the series that would have already have had to happen but uh that was a joke but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know just you're a big roku tv guy but you'll be happy to know that quibi uh you know it's defunct but all the programming yeah. that was on quibi will be on roku oh what that's a good. shock <laughs> yeah, like, so it all... probably cost nothing to purchase the rights to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the short form shows that they showed um but liam was uh, hemsworth was in one called The Most Dangerous Game. I remember Sansa Stark was in one mm-hmm. with Corey Hawkins. What was the Anna Kendrick show? What was it? Dummy yes. or Dummy yes, or something like dummy. that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also a, like a remake of The Princess Bride or something like that, like a with like live action actors. Yeah. It, it just, just Quippy was like doomed for for failure right from the beginning. <laughs> Let's be honest. Do you really want to watch something? High quality on your phone. You'd rather watch on your your tablet, uh, laptop, or your television. You they don't tried that before. Phone. It was a it was a service called was it Go ninety or something like yeah. that. Something like That's that. Yeah. Like, and all they did was like purchase rights to, like old TV shows like Babylon Five. That just it just won't yeah. work, guys. guys. I mean, I like oh. Babylon Five, but just I don't want to watch it on my phone. Like I watched mm-hmm. like short videos from YouTube on my phone. Exactly, YouTube. I, uh, YouTube. Your YouTube. phone is reserved it, for Instagram. TikTok and YouTube. And YouTube, right? Exactly. I don't want to watch a movie on my phone. Thank you. Even a short form, even if it's five minutes, if it's yeah. like cinematic quality, you don't want to watch it. On your I'm phone. not going to watch Twin Peaks: The Return on my phone. Thank you. That's why it failed. It was a horrible idea for the beginning. And for all you investors, you guys are suckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last Friday was Alex Trebek's final episode of Jeopardy. Definitely mm-hmm. one of the saddest deaths of 2020, guys. End of the night. Um, it's an end of an era. Um, they did a dedication on um, on Jeopardy um, with his final "Once Before I Go" segment. 
Um, but filling in um, for um, Alex Trebek um, has been Ken Jennings. He's been the, a former winner and guest co-host or guest yeah. host. Yeah. Katie Couric will be an upcoming uh, host as well. And oh, wow, he's he's got a big game uh, this weekend. But Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers was was offered um, a role as guest co-host on oh, Jeff. Okay. Right. And um, I'm available too. By the way. You know who should fill in host, as maybe yep. the new guest if he could afford the time? Neil deGrasse Tyson. That I'd I'd be good. Yeah, with that. Okay. yeah, yeah. That guy. Um, I, I think that yeah, there's a there's a lot of people I think that would be great. I mean, obviously, you have to. Although you're you have all the answers, at least announce them or, or read the answers like you actually know them. That's the important part. I don't think Alex Trebek knew the answers. Oh, I highly doubt it. Right. But yeah. he presented in a way that, and, and spoke in such an eloquent way that, oh, it's this. What is this? You know, so yeah. it was very proper and, and you believed it. And that's what made yeah. him such a great host. So, is that the only game show from years ago? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Will of Fortune is still around. Oh, say, yeah, thought, yeah still. Will of Fortune is still around and Jeopardy is still around from like the 19... 19- 80s let's like, make a deal yeah, no yeah, the price can't... is right the price is right is oh that's right the price is right. Was... right well that's and daytime that's... tv that's different let's make a deal it's been around since the 80s has it not or well no? it, let's make a deal kind of it started and it went for a while and it ended and then it came back okay. when howie mandel came on as a new host right so, so they kind of that one kind of stops and starts no deal with howie mandel was that deal or no deal? Yeah, he was deal or no deal. Deal or no deal, not let's make a deal. They're two different yeah. shows. Oh, pick a different <laughs> title, you assholes. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, a lot of the movie awards uh, have been moved to different dates because of the pandemic. Apparently, there was a big issue with the SAG Awards being the same uh, weekend as the Grammy Awards. And they decided, uh, the Screen Actors Guild decided to move their show to April 4th. Because they moved their show to March 14th, and the Grammys wanted to have their show on March 14th, so it just created a big mess. Even though it's a different industry, I mean, music versus film and television, there's still a lot of people that are part of both academies. Yeah. You know, they're both actors and singers. Um, so everybody's invited to the same parties. <laughs> yes, and yeah, it, exactly. You know, um, I love the SAG Awards. It's one of the best times uh, I've ever had. Uh, at an, Is that uh, an open bar? It's an open bar. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> next time you ask. <laughs> well, you have to fit in a cocktail dress, buddy. <laughs> and I don't know if you fit the, fit the cocktail dress. Uh, <laughs> Will you wear a dress, just? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of awards, Spike Lee's uh, daughters, uh, Satchel and Jackson Lee, uh, have been named the 2021 Golden Globe Ambassadors by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So um, they usually have um, a, a child of a famous actor, um, whether it's a, a daughter or son, um, to be like the, the the presenters, the ambassadors of the Golden Globes. Um, Tom Hanks will host a primetime TV special uh, celebrating the inauguration of Joe Biden as a president of the United States. Demi Lovato, Justin Timberlake, John Bon Jovi, and Aunt Clements. Um, Hopefully it will be uninterrupted. As you know, the world is kind of crazy right now. Um, let's just talk, because I'm glad we're on a time limit to talk about this, because I don't want this to turn this into a political show. But before I take a break, let's just talk talk about what, what's going on um, in the Capitol and President Trump. Well, President Trump 
has been impeached for the second time. He's the first U.S. president to be impeached twice. <laughs> Ten Republicans actually voted to impeach him, which is crazy. Yeah. Look at Joy- all the ones that didn't, though. Yeah. 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 So it was the House voted 232 to 197. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 10 Republicans and 222 Democrats voted yes. Um, yeah, that was kind of like a very compelling TV to watch. Um, I mean, are we, are we surprised with the Democrat majority now? I mean, I saw that coming yeah. a mile away as soon as they won Georgia. I have yes. a feeling they're going to wait until Biden gets put in next week to push it to the Senate because then they'll have a majority and they can make it official. Yep. Right. Yeah. Because then they can take it. Then they can take it to trial. They're doing it to take away all of his presidential privileges once he leaves. But he's still a fucking billionaire, so he's gonna get on his private jet. Not for long. Not for long. Deutsche Bank cut ties with him. Oh. They cut ties with him, so he's lost his money. He's losing a lot of his deals. He's he's his his lawyer cut ties with him. He won't defend him in court. No one wants to represent him. Like, yeah, he's losing everything one oh. piece at a time, and I so wonder, eventually he'll have nothing left. I wonder what it feels like to be the most hated man on the planet. And when 10 <laughs> Republicans vote to impeach him, you know it's saying something, because yeah. this, this is a bar, bipartisan vote. This is the first time uh, Republicans voted to impeach um, well, a Republican one, president. Yeah, Republican president. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, I think some Republic, some Democrats voted to impeach Clinton. Well, apparently a report also came out recently that a lot of the Republicans that voted against the impeachment, the reason they voted against it, they're afraid for the lo- their own lives. Mm. Because they're afraid that the armed revolts that are supposed to happen next week yeah. are going to come after them and their families. They're under threat of being assassinated, so they're not voting against. They're (laughs) voting against the impeachment. They're not doing it because they believe that it's the right thing to do. They're doing it because they don't want to get shot. You know, when your entire base is against you, unless you do exactly what they say, Mm -hmm. you're officially a part of a cult. You can't get out of. Right. This is a cult. That's all it is. And and, yeah, the problem with a spade a spade. You know. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. President Trump didn't, you know, incite violence because he said, "I love you guys." But then yeah. he kind of turns that around in his uh, video that was just released today, saying that I condemn violence and this and that. When his previous message was that I love you guys and yeah. that I appreciate you standing up for me and and I will be marching with you and and, yeah. and this and, and more that. And more keeps coming out that apparently a lot of congressmen actually led these people through tours of Congress so they yeah. could canvas the area so no they could know where to go yeah yeah it's like more and more is coming out and it's like oh apparently republicans were just trying to take over the congress because they didn't like the election results love the meme you sent me big nick two impeachments and no blow job mm-hmm. I forgot. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> this is the let me see if i can put it on the screens <laughs> I, I think this is hysterical too yeah i who knows what went on behind closed doors but you know i mean as despicable as Donald Trump is, he did win himself a prize. Melania is a very beautiful woman. Oh, apparently uh, funny if probably, he gets divorced. Yeah, she's probably filing for divorce now. Oh, yeah. she's, she's the president. Tonight, man. Nobody wants to be around being, there. Because he's losing his money, and there's no reason for her to stay married that's, to him after the president. Not to mention, just, he is literally the world's 
most hated human right now. Yeah, there's, if you're with miserable. him, you're, there's a problem. Apparently, like, you look at, like, videos of them together, like, they don't she look comfortable. She seems so uncomfortable and miserable. Yeah. Because she married him for Every the money. Time I she married him for the money yeah. and the green card. She was the trophy wife. There's wow. no pictures yeah. on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> him to get out of Slovakia. That's all it was. I think she is the first uh, the first first lady to have nudes on the internet, right? I don't think there has been another one that's had. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. Let's, yeah. How long has the internet been around? You know? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we got the Bushes, the Clintons, Michelle yeah. Obama, and, and yeah. Melina. 1.83 million viewers uh, watched the uh, insurrection at the Capitol, guys. I, I think one of the most memorable things, I tried to look at it in a lighthearted way, even though I will agree what happened was horrible. Was a lot of the funny memes that came out. Um, I, I, I said, said the same thing. Like the, the, the memes call, the that came out of that. With the yeah. Viking guy was great. Nick, I've shared that with you. They yeah. have a Lego set now uh, with so the capital invasion. <laughs> my my nephew, my five year old nephew, loves Legos. I sent this. Uh, Don't get him that one. That's not the I one sent, that gets you. I sent the meme to my sister. It's like, should I get this for Calder next? And she's like, oh my god, she thought it was hysterical. Uh, but. Uh, I mean, look, guys, I mean... The problem with radicalism just in general. Yeah, it, it's... what happens yeah. when, people bad, guys. when people can't be fucking rational humans. Yeah. They become crazy people. Yeah. Five, five people happens. died. Five when people you, died. When you keep second. saying that intelligence is a negative in human society, that's a problem. Like, the, the people that attacked the Capitol clearly weren't bright people. No. Yeah. These are a bunch of idiots... I mean, the woman that was shot by Capitol Police, right? Oh, yeah. God. You see that video of her in the car? Air Force veteran. Yeah. That but, day, she, she got well, up, she got dressed, she put on her fucking MAGA hat, who had no plan to raid the Capitol, saw everyone else was doing it, and after not hearing or not pit, fucking adhering to the commands of the officer who's pointing a fucking firearm okay. at her, right. she keeps going and got shot. And then she fell on her back. And everybody around her was just, she died with a bunch of people taking fucking pictures of her on her yeah, phone. That's how she yeah. died. I mean, it's sad that somebody died in that vein. I know three others have died due to having heart attacks or just being in that crowd. Officer was bludgeoned to death. Officer yeah. was bludgeoned to death. I mean, nothing. I guess blue lives don't matter. <laughs> I mean, and you have to think, it took a while for the Capitol Police to get uh, down there. There's sufficient a number of police. And people are saying Trump could have called the Capitol Police in sooner if he did not want the insurrection, yeah. but supposedly maybe was just watching from the comfort of his White House, watching and smiling. He was. You know? There's video of it. <laughs> he was yeah. watching. Right. So, so yeah, he, he knows that if he, the moment he leaves office, yeah. uh, New he's York, toast. yeah, he's toast. New York district attorneys are going to come after him for tax evasion. Atlanta's going to come after him for um, election fraud. Right. Uh, trying to, trying to juke the election. They're, He's fucked. Like yep. he, he's got one week of freedom left, and then after Democrats that, they're going to probably get their wish and have Trump walking out of the hell of the White House in handcuffs. Yeah, I like, know that's the, the fact, dream. The fact that it didn't happen sooner is just fucking amazing to me. So like, how week. how fucking broken is the political system in America at this point? It's broken. Yeah. So now really that impeachment process is, is underway, and he's got the majority of votes to impeach him. By the time it goes to trial and the verdict is, is given, I knew the first impeachment took a while. Um, yeah, to, to get yeah. the, he's already out of office next week, though. So but yeah, impeachment but, but, is basically like a trial yeah. for a political uh, yeah. political he'll, individual. 
he'll it's lose all just, of his it's a presidential case. privileges, which includes yeah. his paycheck, which it looks like he's going to want to have now. Yeah. Uh, his Secret it, Service detail, he won't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, and he can't run for pub, any public office position. Yep. Nor no. should he. But ba- Basically, know. they're just doing this to make sure this never happens again. Yeah. That's this it. is a clear and cut message of right. why you yeah, shouldn't elect stop a fucking, fucking with the system. A reality TV star as your pre- as your president. And yeah. it's very likely he they won't get to the result they want, but at least he'll have see. that on his record. Correct. We'll, well see. you know the the Democrats have a House and the Senate. The only thing they don't have is the Supreme Court. Yeah. But a lot of the people that were on the Supreme Court didn't do what Trump wanted. Yep. Yeah, yeah. they basically said fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> to a no. lot of his shit. Vice so President we'll Mike Pence uh, is he's in a very interesting position now. Now, doesn't he have to make the final call? Yeah, he said he wouldn't vote in favor of impeachment, but if they still have a majority in the House and the Senate, it doesn't okay. matter what he says. Yeah. He's basically just the last vote, but it doesn't matter. If they still have a majority, it doesn't matter. Oh, boy. Well, hey, you know like, what? How much of a bottom boy is Pence at this point to have your – you were under threat of being killed by your boss, and you still defend your boss? Yeah, that's some people were tra- chanting that's that. Called, correct? Jesus Christ, what a bitch! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, well, hey, come January twentieth, guys, uh, we One will. More uh, week. One we'll more have week. a new president, President-elect uh, Joe Biden, and, uh, and Vice President be, Kamala Harris. So. Let's be clear, like I'm not the biggest fan of Biden or Harris. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, right. I'm not a fan I, of either of them. Yeah, I, here's the thing: like I will gladly take them over this guy. Right. Okay, that's the problem, is that that's just politics. Like, this is who we got stuck with. I was a Sanders guy right from day one. But the Democrats kicked Sanders out because they're like, oh, he's too socialist, even though he's not. (laughs) The guy owns a house on an island, okay? The guy (laughs) is not a socialist. (laughs) Like, saying that universal health care, like, something that 50 other countries have that works efficiently to help your citizens is a bad thing. That kind of shows the people that are in charge really don't give a fuck about the population. This whole cap capitalism thing isn't working out so well for the average person right now. Yeah. You know, well, I didn't want to become a political show. Um, so uh, I figured uh, this will be a good time to take a classic cut break. And since this episode is all about uh, the Karate Kid uh, series, Cobra Kai, uh, and we have actor uh, Johnny Desenzo joining us um, shortly. And, of course, Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk, pre-recorded interview to close out the show. Great classic cut will be um, Joe Esposito's You're the Best Around, which was featured in the Karate Kid soundtrack. Great Thank song. You. Will bring us to break, guys. And we'll see you guys after the classic cut. Yeah, buddy. Keep it down. 
right, guys, we're back. And that was from the Karate Kid soundtrack, You're the Best Around, which I think is very, very fitting that we bring on our special guest of the evening, guys. He's one of the actors from our favorite Netflix show, Cobra Kai, guys. He is Johnny Desenzu, who plays Dimitri. Hello. Uh, Johnny, good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, (laughs) man. We're all... We all love your show. All of us has uh, oh, binge-watched. Oh, hello, welcome to the party. Whether it took one day <laughs> yes. or whether it took a weekend, we spent our New Year's weekend watching Cobra Kai. And uh, I got to say, man, the perfect New Year's weekend was just to watch your show at season oh, three. So Absolutely. And, 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 if, and we actually got it a weekend earlier than we thought because they, they had announced that they decided to shift – um season three one week earlier um yeah. what, what were your thoughts on that the the it's like kind of Cobra Kai a little earlier it's like a new year's resolution i guess it's like you know our new year's resolution is to kick ass so might as well get season <laughs> there. right start, right start there. 2021 on a positive note yeah right. yeah exactly that's kind of <laughs> that was the idea you know i love it i love it well johnny if you could tell us about your journey um with um getting cast in Cobra mm-hmm. Kai what was it an arduous po- process? Was was it a lot of competition? Um, yeah. Or was it one of those decisions? Uh, because we've actually had Hawk on, Jacob Bertrand, oh, yeah. who said that he actually auditioned for the role of Demetria originally, which we thought yeah. was very interesting. Uh, he says that uh, great things about you, by the way, that you guys are really good friends. So yeah. that's really cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so the audition process for this was kind of very atypical for something as big as this. Uh, my audition process was, I just went in, auditioned once, and then that weekend they were like, hey, all right, we love you, uh, we want you to go out, fly to Georgia, and that was like the first thing where I ever had to leave LA to film everything, and the reason why it was kind of so quick was because they had been trying to find Dimitri for such a long time, it finally got down to the wire, they were like, okay, we literally have to film this week, we cannot wait anymore, and so I just go in, I do the, uh, the cafeteria, and I tell oh yeah, we hang all the time, make out, give each other hand jobs, which is, you know, <laughs> just so much fun to say, yeah, more yeah. than one to a person you yeah. don't know in an audition room, but, uh, yeah, it was a very weird audition process, yeah. But, but you must have been stoked when you got, you got oh, the role. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I had gone through, like, this kind of weird stage where my height, didn't match my age like they typically look for older people to sort of play younger right i was you like younger right? 16 right. at the time right. yeah yeah i was like 16 at the time and i was like six feet tall so uh, <laughs> i hadn't yeah i hadn't worked for like a year and so i just get this one thing randomly and uh it's like oh cobra kai that's cool and my dad's like you you know like what this could be right i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> and uh yeah rest is history yeah. That's wow cool. that's cool awesome well yeah. one thing i love is your your arc your, the story oh, arc of your character you. of dimitri because he becomes like the lovable loser if you think about yeah. it um and this season in particular i th- thought it was awesome that you got the girl yeah uh, we're talking about yes oh yeah hot, that was hot yeah <laughs> played by annalisa cochran 
Uh, what were your thoughts uh, when, when you found that that you uh, had, you know, she was your scene partner and you had a kissing scene and all that stuff? Because Hawk actually yeah. said that you were actually very nervous about that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, okay, yeah. That was the first on-stage kissing thing I had ever done. Um, for those of you that don't know, kissing and making out on a uh, movie set, it's not the most, most romantic place in the world. You know, you got <laughs> cameras all in your face, like right. 40 Bunch people of crew, watching you. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you not look like that crew member, Nick. <laughs> right. Like uh, the boom guy goes in close. So, yeah, can you do a little bit more kissing? Like, yeah, we yeah. More... Um, oh, God. So, yeah, it was definitely very nerve-wracking. But uh, luckily, Annalisa, she's, you know, a professional. So we just go in there. I think at the end, we did like 10 takes of that. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing because when we were rehearsing one time, we didn't know like it was tough a work at all, buddy. That yeah. does not sound like tough work at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, there are harder jobs out there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we, we were doing one rehearsal and we didn't know that it was a rehearsal. So we were going all at it. And they're like, all right, cut on rehearsal. Let's film it. And we're like, oh, I'm sorry, what? That wasn't that wasn't real? <laughs> okay. You put all your cool. effort into the first you got to have a test drive, man. <laughs> off all the spit. Let's go again. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let, let's yeah. hope for more of Yasmin and Dimitri in season four now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, four, four. yeah. yeah you could be a see how that develops in season four i'm looking forward and, and of course it is greenlit for season four so you must be happy about that yeah aren't you surprised at the reaction that you guys had now um that it moved to um from youtube red to netflix oh like, yeah just... uh 100 um i think when we were on youtube yeah. i had gotten like 10k followers on instagram and i was like wow that's amazing i, I right. didn't know 10,000 people wanted to even see my face uh, and then just like overnight when it went to Netflix, um, like the support just went crazy. It's been amazing just seeing that, you know, uh, this show finally gets the attention that it deserves, you know, John, Josh yeah, and Hayden, the creators of the show, they yeah. do such an amazing job, you know, we gotta, gotta share it to the world. Yeah, we've, been, we've been plugging it for years now and, you know, people were afraid to try it because they didn't have YouTube red. So we're yeah. like, just try it. It's free for yeah. a month. You know, you'll love it. But now everybody's yeah. like. Oh, there's this brand new show on Netflix I just found. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I waited for it to jump on the Netflix train. I'm not going to lie. No, not me. You, I, oh, you were scared to jump on it? Well, I I specifically I'm, I'm OG. I'm OG. I watch you guys on YouTube. I'm with you, Al. I specifically got YouTube Red, which has now been rebranded YouTube Premium, specifically yeah. for Cobra Kai. Yes. Like there's a bunch of other shows on there as well, but I think it wasn't like YouTube was moving away from like scripted material. They're moving like yeah. reality based stuff, Instagram based stuff. So it's like, I mean, that's fine. Let's let them want to do it. But Cobra Kai didn't fit into that. So they shifted it to Netflix, which I think is a good choice because yeah. it clearly shows they have a bit of a, I'm guessing you guys had a bigger budget for season three. Uh, well, actually the switch happened after the fact, like the reason why season three took so long was not only because of COVID obviously, but because we were in between, uh, streaming services. So that's kind of why it took so long. Ah. To so you didn't even know if you're going to get picked up at all for the season at that point, well, right? I didn't realize like what was going on until they were talking about like, oh yeah, no, YouTube's just not doing any more shows. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in the air there for a second all right well, netflix has, has 
clearly brought a bigger audience. Uh, yeah. They're projecting 41 million have watched uh, Cobra Kai season three. Wow. And you've reached the top 10 in 85 countries, according to this yeah. article. Jeez. <laughs> and it's not just that. I mean, There's the backlog of the two previous seasons. So you've got like, what, three seasons of content just dumped onto Netflix right away. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's great. Good content. All of a sudden, it's just, yeah, here's two extra seasons, and then boop, a third. Yep. It's so so easy to watch. You sit down, like, one weekend and watch all three seasons. No problem. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Since season three came out, my uh, my girlfriend actually binge watched the whole thing in one night, and uh, she got to the kissing scene and was like, she got to the kissing scene, and she's like, (laughs) explain yourself? (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Oh, we found that friend. over a year ago. It's you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's called legal cheating, Todd. Yeah, yeah, legal, yeah. Legal cheating. <laughs> yeah, you you got paid to do it. It's totally yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like as long as you get paid, you know. That's <laughs> professional. How does she compare to your on-screen kiss? What? How's your girlfriend <laughs> compare to your your on-screen kiss? <laughs> That is a dangerous question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Right there. I do not be in hot water. You're going to get some, some hot water for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let, let's talk about um, some, some of the changes in season three. So we saw the return of Josia, who plays Kyler, and the return mm-hmm. of your love interest, Annalise Cochran, who supposedly mm-hmm. was in Europe for season two. I'm curious, what happened to Cole Brown, who played Aisha? Oh, um, you know, it's kind of weird with the show. Like in yeah. season two, we obviously we didn't have uh, we didn't have Yasmin or Kyler. So right. the thing about the show is like, yeah, it's anybody can kind of come and go. So you know, somebody could be gone for a season and then come back. It's really just kind of like for the story, you know. Yeah. Like shows are kind of shifting cool. less towards like the individual character character to what's best for the story. It's like, Sting, like, it's like Sting where he's gone now. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. He was a character people, last season. Yeah. Yeah, ah. yeah oh, he went on to do um, that Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, he's done a, oh, he's done a lot yeah. of great things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's incredible. I, I mean, I've always said that there's two kinds of shows that exist on television now. There's soap operas and procedurals. Like, procedurals are, like, your law and orders, your... Yeah, criminal minds. Criminal minds, like, things like that. Then there's your soap operas, which is, like, people don't realize it, but Cobra Kai basically is a soap opera. Because it's about interpersonal relationships, how characters are interacting with each other, who's who's getting together with who, who's, you know, what are the the problems between each character. Like, that's what it is. It's a soap opera, but with a very different style to it. It's basically the same as, like, Days of Our Lives, but with karate in it which is not a bad thing no it's working <laughs> clearly the yeah. form works i think yeah, i think the most the most heartbreaking scene i think of the whole season is when hawk broke your arm yes. yeah yeah that was that. heartbreaking figuratively and literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all watching that we're like is he gonna do it no don't do it don't do it and all of a sudden he does it you're like oh yeah and it just yeah. that was an oh shit moment that yeah. was an intense one to film. That was like one of the most intense moments uh, I think I've had to do on the show so far. Yeah. Um, it was weird prepping for that because if you could imagine kind of rehearsing a, sh- uh, a scene where you have to scream bloody murder is yeah. not the easiest thing to do without cops <laughs> getting called on you. Right. So, yes. 
Yeah, so I kind of had to, like, go in my closet and just rehearse it a little bit. I, like, threw out my voice for a little bit there. I love the redemption of Hawk in the end. He realized that you guys are are best friends. You guys are boys. You know, that redemption arc really brought things full circle for for me, and I'm I'm really glad that Hawk has rejoined you guys with Eagle Fang and Miyagi (laughs) Dukarai. I got a name for it. It's Bros Before Dojos. It's yeah. just binding those before dojos, yeah. 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 <laughs> wasn't, wasn't it recently announced that season four would be the last one? No. What, 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 was, no. It, what was the announcement? Oh, no, no, it was a Cree, the Cree spinoff. That's what it was. No, uh, it's actually six seasons have been mapped out, according to uh, okay, that's whatever. Cool. Six total seasons have been mapped out. So this that's a long time for, for story development or arcs for all the characters. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Six seasons. I honestly think, like, it's going to be interesting. Like, season one, Dimitri was, like, this nerd that kind of kept to himself. So at this rate, he's going to be, like, buff, abs, shirtless. Oh, yeah, man. You'll be be one punch man by the end of the season. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just, like, taking people out one punch. Well, I think that's what's great about Dimitri is that you didn't become the hawk. The bad. I mean, you still have that lovable yeah. quality about you, and I hope they don't make you too badass because I feel that's that's already right. been given the hawk. You know, they, you still have to have that 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 quirkiness about you. I hope yeah. you still keep. I that. don't. I don't think like Dimitri will ever stop being a nerd. He'll just be a slightly <laughs> more complex nerd. So <laughs> it's actually something I really appreciate about Dimitri. Uh, to disclose yeah. a little about myself, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. And before that, I was, when I was in high school, I was a Dimitri. I was a kind of a loner kid that was into Star Wars and nerdy shit. And one of the things that my family told me when I was going off to boot camp was like, don't let it change you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you go through boot camp. And that was one thing I told myself was say, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let anything brainwash me. I want to still be the nerd because that's Mm -hmm. who I am. And I love myself. And right. that's, you know, I, and I had my time in the military and I got out and I'm, I'm back in my basement with all my nerdy shit, still watching <laughs> Star Wars and Cobra Kai, you know, and that's something I us, really appreciate about Dimitri's yeah. Thank you, all yeah, man. Us, all of Were you a fan of the, of the, of the um, Karate Kid franchise before you auditioned? Yeah, I had seen it like a couple of times, each of the movies, but like it wasn't really from my generation, so yeah. it didn't have quite the same effect on me. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally watched it like with my dad a couple of times. It was like his favorite thing. What about the Will Smith version? Did you watch the Will Smith version? I've never seen that. Good, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I'll check it out. It's not canon though, technically. No, it's not. not. Yeah. Is, no, isn't is because Will Smith is li- is listed as an executive producer, which is basically just uh, code for I got a paycheck. Right. But yeah. <laughs> that's how it works in Hollywood. Well, have, um, you, um, his have you learned anything off. from Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka um, working with him as an actor? I'm sorry, say it again. Have you learned anything like working with um, Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka as an actor? Have they tra- taught you anything? I give you any kind of pointers. To help, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. William Zabka very good at flipping people. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes. I, didn't, I didn't really get to work with him too much. Like, the only scene that I had had with him was when he flipped me. But he's really good at being intimidating. Like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> like, when he's, like, coming up towards me after I kind of mouth off to him, I'm, like, genuinely intimidated in that scene. There's no acting whatsoever. <laughs> wow. um, I, got to, I got to meet him for, like, five minutes, I think, uh, um, about a two, yeah, two years ago. Um, I was at AwesomeCon in DC, and I huh. bumped into him and um, 
uh, Martin Cove outside of the Marriott Hotel in D.C. Mm-hmm. And they were just sitting there just chilling, just talking. And I just walked past them. I just said, hey, how you doing? And it was like, hey, how's it going? You haven't seen season two yet? And I was like, sorry, I haven't seen it yet. I went and saw Avengers Endgame uh, last night. Wrong answer. Season two no came out seen. literally the same day as Avengers Endgame. I and that it. was I on my radar first, okay. unfortunately. So I was so, like, oh. So. so now we know whose side you're on. Oh, okay. Party's <laughs> yeah, definitely um, intimidating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would have shown you no mercy, Jesse. I had Poncho at Awesome Con, and he was a teddy bear, man. He was so nice to me. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he, he got was, a mean punch, he's though. He'll break huh? your nose. Good. Yes. Yes. Marty Cove? Yeah, he'll he'll break your nose. He's got a mean punch. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, tell us about your martial arts training because yeah. I, um, Hawk told uh, us, uh, Jacob huh. told us that he had to go through some training. His martial arts specialty was Muay Thai. Was oh, okay. there a special yeah. Was there a special um, special martial arts that was associated with Dimitri? So, like personally, I had taken Taekwondo when I was like eight years old. I got up to like a yellow belt and then gave yes. up. And uh, more recently, I've been taking like Krav Maga. It's I heard like about a, that. yeah, it's like an Israeli fighting form. It's very much like street fighting almost. Yeah, um, it's like it's but, like dirty boxing with eye gouging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like whatever <laughs> you can do to survive, just eye gouging. Whatever it takes but, to win the fight, just do that. There's oh, yeah. a lot of kicking to the groin. Like, yep. Yeah. That. It's a tender spot, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it works. Um, <laughs> so I had done that for like a couple of years. And luckily the stuff that we were training, because we actually go through training prior to each season. Yeah. We have a lot of Kido work. Now. Yo, yeah, yeah, no. You guys are doing some hardcore stunt fights that are long. So I can imagine there's a lot of blocking you do for those fights. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like the, oh, that, uh, that last episode of the one take mm, going through the house? Jesus, yeah, God. So oh, yeah. That yeah. was hard. Oh. Uh, yeah. how, how long did that take to film? Yeah, how long was that shoot day, dude? So, like, the thing about that is if you mess up one thing, if something doesn't look quite right, the punch doesn't look good, you have to do the whole thing all over again. Like, yeah. it's super re- rewarding at the end, but it's hard. Like, I would, like, mess up a few times here and there, and we're at the very beginning, so we just have to, like, start all over again. So it took, like, a few tries, and even after you get the one you want, it's such an important scene that they kind of have to do one more for safety, you know? Yeah. So, wow. But we had a one take with that, and then we also had another one take with season two, the school fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And that was in, so I kind of just got to, like, see how it all plays out. It's amazing how they do it. Because, like, the entire time, they have stunt people moving in and out of this one take, like, flawlessly. You don't even see it happen. It's just amazing. You know, Hiro and Janelle, they're, like, the head of the stunt team. They're amazing. We we would not have a show without them. <laughs> yeah, that that final scene was completely epic in the house, and yeah. uh, the Larusas must be pissed. I wish I wish I wish we saw a scene of the parents reacting to the house. <laughs> we missed. Yeah, that. I kept thinking. I kept thinking that I was like, is there a scene missing? I was like, oh right, we're at the end of the yeah. season. Okay. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> what can you, what can you tell us about season four? Uh, nothing. Without it's happening. <laughs> Other than um, it's happening, you guys are shooting in Atlanta soon. Hopefully this uh, year. I have like I'm not really up to date on everything. Like we're it's kind of uh, up in the air. The biggest focus right now is just like the support that's been going on with season three and just that's, like yeah. how amazing it has been. But you know, that's... we'll see what happens for season four. Yeah, uh, and, and and you know, the definitely was alluding at the end of um season three that they're going to bring back Terry Silver. 
Who was oh, yeah, that's right. Who's the bad yeah. guy in three with the ponytail? Which confused me yeah. because ponytail in Vietnam, you know. I was right. like, I thought, oh, I hey, that's not him. And then they killed him. See, but they're yeah. always they're always doing little distractions like that and trying to like you know do the swerves because like earlier, like midway through the season, they they showed like the doctor from behind and, and you thought it was Allie at first because a lot of the rumors were Allie was going to be um, the surgeon, but then she turns mm -hmm. around and some completely different woman. Yeah. So creators are really smart. They're always trying to like throw curveballs throughout the whole entire show. It never makes it too convenient or too easy. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad they didn't make her into a love interest on season three. I'm so glad. <laughs> like, because I just that would have felt like a cliche if they'd done it. But the way they did it was so smart. I'm just like, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. well, the whole the whole chosen um, scenes were, were great. I thought they could have made him like Alpha Revenge or whatever, but instead they made him like. Want to actually help Daniel and like they you know, yeah. bury, bury the past, which I thought was great because yeah. not everybody wants to kill you still after like 30 years. Yeah. So yeah. Thought, that's, that's the cool thing about the show is like they're not so dependent on the prior movies. Like they don't just use the nostalgia to bring you in. It's got its own like cohesive plot and like stuff right. that it's trying to do. You know, yeah. it, it does, it's not super dependent on the previous stuff. It's, right. it's the opposite of certain things like. The, the the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. I'm on right. another podcast where we, yeah. we talk about movies that weren't as good as they could have been. And um, I think my buddy Seth refers to it as weaponized nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Movies like The Rise of Skywalker is weaponized nostalgia in mm -hmm. that it's like, hey, you remember this thing from that thing? Well, we're doing it again. It's like, yeah. like, you don't have to have seen the original films to enjoy Cobra Kai. It helps. Yes. But, but you don't have to. Well, that's, why they, that's why they include those film excerpts from the previous movies. Yeah. So the audience can understand those references. I think that's really good how they right. do those flashback scenes with actual footage from the movie, yeah. which is great. And I have to go back and watch the original movies. It makes the original movies even better than what they were back in the day. Because yeah. the Cobra Kai gives so much backstory to them now that you never had. It. You, you never knew about Priest and his um, army buddies and like how that all played out. You know, you, yeah. You're filling all the different blanks, which I think is just great. And and this young cast, I think, is amazing. And like like you guys you, are awesome, like, man. You guys like, are usually awesome. usually on this show we hate the new people. We're like just show me the original guys. We hate the new people, but we're cheering for you guys. We're like you know yeah. such great characters, so well fleshed out, and that like if any of you guys leave, we'll be upset. So well, yeah, I'm I'm the nerd. I'm used to being hated. So <laughs> now here's a question: As you're watching the show, are you Team Cobra Kai or are you Team Miyagi Do? How do you which which direction do you go with that? That's difficult. Oh God. Um, I would say like. You have to be careful with what you say. I know. Yeah. Like without. Well, now you got Eagle Fang as a third option, but. Yeah. <laughs> or Eagle Fang. Oh no. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> They're going to drop me from my dojo. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, oh, I would no. say towards the beginning, I was more towards, like, Cobra Kai, even though, you know, they beat me up a couple times. Sure. Um, just because, you know, they're badass. And Johnny, he's such a great sensei. He's, like, taking the past teachings and kind of making it a bit more palatable. You know, right. like, we're not evil. And then, of course, like, things kind of turn a little south when Kreese gets involved. So sure. I kind of then lean more towards Miyagi-Do. And then now, I don't even know Miyagi-Do Miyagi or Eagle Fang. We still have yet to see, like, what Eagle Fang can really bring to the table. But I yeah, think we're going to get our season. Cool 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a awesome. weird game, by the way. Well, it feels <laughs> like with the end of season three, I mean, not to spoil it, but everyone saw it. Like, yeah. end of season three is like, they merge. Like, <laughs> Eagle yeah. Eagle Fang and Miyagi have merged at this point. And then, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go with season four. I'm, I'm yeah. just excited for the Miyagi tournament. Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Got to merge it somehow. Miyagi Fang? Miyagi Fang? Fang. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> The the interesting thing though is gonna be like how Johnny and Daniel like teach together. They're they gonna can't. definitely yeah. they can't. Yes. we're gonna <laughs> like find oil out. and water those. Two. I feel like Ralph. I feel like you know Daniel's gonna be like, okay, you must flow with your energy, yeah. and then yeah, then Zapko's gonna be like, but don't be a bitch about it. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's, Daniel's like wax on, wax off, and Johnny's like, I'm gonna set your leg on fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love it. So how similar is Johnny to Dimitri, and how dissimilar is Johnny to Dimitri? Uh, I think it's like a, a 50-50. Like, Ooh. I'm not as sarcastic and pessimistic as he is, okay. but I'm, I'm definitely a nerd. Like, I am pretty <laughs> tired. Uh, and, you know, in high school and earlier grades like that, I was, like, kind of a loner. It went on and off, you know, okay. throughout the years. Uh, I would find my friend group, and then I'd go to a different friend group, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I think it's a... 50 50. It, it seems like season one, you're doing your best um, uh, young Sheldon from Big Bang Theory impersonation. <laughs> yeah. It Thank felt you. a little bit like that. Okay. Not yeah. in a bad way. It just, it just no. felt like, you know, felt like Sheldon in high school kind of feel. <laughs> I should, they have a young Sheldon. I should be high school Sheldon then. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Call me. I'll do it. There you go. <laughs> Have those people in high school contacted you? They want to be your best friend now that you're uh, a celebrity now? <laughs> I I don't think I'm, like, I don't know. I'm not a celebrity. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I've, like, gotten more support on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, my friends have kind of just always known me. So I don't think things have changed, like, too much. I would say that um, my family yeah. is just, like, you know, super happy for me. Like That's with cool. everything, because I've been doing this since I was eight years old, and nice. uh, yeah, I saw your IMDb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your parents, your, your your parents are in the business. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they uh they met in an acting class. Oh, there you, you go. Know. Awesome. And they they proposed in that same acting class. Oh, cool. So oh. yeah. So acting is in your much, blood, man. Yeah, same blood, oh, yeah. One hundred percent, yeah. Um, I think that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So so they were they were your influencers. They were your mentors in this industry. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Like, no matter what, I've kind of always just gone to them as far as acting goes. They'll help me with anything. Um, my mom would go with me to uh, – because we have to fly out here for three months. And uh, up until recently, each time I've gone, I was underage, so she had to come with me. Yeah. And whenever I have stuff that I have to work on, I just work with her, and then I call my dad on Zoom, kind of all work together. So, cool. yeah, if it weren't for them – I, I would not have anything. Yeah. Awesome. What Good other um? What are your, do you have any dream projects uh, that you would like to to do? Roles that you would love to do? Yeah. Now that Cobra Kai is such a huge platform, it's so popular. Maybe other roles have have been offered to you, perhaps. I think okay. This is gonna sound scary. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a crazy person, but I want to play like a sociopath serial killer. Just like yes. You know, I think just, that's yeah. a good. I'm, I'm not a crazy that. person. It'd be like, a challenge. It'd be a challenging role. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a young Bates Dexter. Or something like that, you know? Cool, man. Yes. I can uh, see you doing yeah. it. 
I had done like this kind of thriller short film when I was much younger. I had kind of like a schizophrenia and I like push my dad down a flight of stairs. It's a whole thing. But uh, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of like my dream role right now because the cool thing about acting is you can play things that are so different from you. Like contrary to popular belief, I'm not a sociopath, so. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something really cool on your IMDb, Dimitri. Is there going to be a a Cobra Kai video game and you're actually voicing your own character? Yeah, actually, uh, it came out for the Switch. Um, Oh, it already came out. Yeah, you can play it now. Did I you know that Big Nick? Big Nick's our big gamer on, on the show. I'm used to the gamer. I do not own a Switch. Oh. I don't own a Switch either. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it's like for anything other than the Switch. So. So you went in there for voiceover work for your character? Yeah. It was like I went in there and I did it for three hours. I go in there just three hours. I put down all of my lines. It was cool. a. It was an interesting thing to do i had never done like a video game oh dude so how we, cool can we play as you on the game yeah no you can play as me oh, i have like wow. it's, how cool it's, is that it's not just on the switch it's also on steam so you can get it for oh, your pc oh, as well then i'm gonna get it then I'll yeah play me dude how cool so did, they, did they do a whole body scan and everything did you have to do mocap or anything like that or was it just the, the voice that would have been really cool yeah. Uh, but no, they just kind of like um, made 3D renderings of us. I got to see me flattened out on like a piece of paper. That's very. <laughs> it was a very surreal experience. Cool. But <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no. like it's like a beat 'em up, like a Streets of yeah. Rage kind of thing. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. We have like uh, ice powers on the Miyagi side. <laughs> <and then laughs> oh, oh, I need to play this game. Hawk's clearly. special power is that he powers up in like One Punch Man and wings <laughs> sprout from his back. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, one thing I saw on your resume on your IMDb is Liv and Maddie. I actually went, uh, attended acting class with Jimmy Bellinger, who had a role in that series. What was your experience like on that show? Uh, I played a nerd on that show. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, I love it. So, so you were typecast. Yeah, well, maybe a little bit. I also did a Nickelodeon thing, and I was also the nerd. So I play nerds well. You play nerds very well, but I'd be very interested in seeing you play a psychopath. I want to see that, yeah. But no, this industry is very honest with you about who you are. Have you accepted that you're going to be playing nerd roles, or do you feel like you want to expand on that? Maybe play the bully. Maybe play, you know, a different type of character than you are. I okay. definitely think I could, like, play things outside of the nerd. I-, I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing what else I could do. I haven't always been the nerd. It's just, like, I've done a good amount. Uh, oh, wait. Actually, I did do this one thing on Adult Swim where I'm 10 years old. I have a suit on and a fake British-Australian accent, and I <laughs> killed my entire family. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's Yeah, I killed them with a helicopter that makes fart noises so piercing you bleed out your ears. That sounds like Adult Swim. God that sounds like Adult Swim, yeah. I wish I was making it up, but it's fart the copter. best I've ever Oh, my That's God. Awesome. I saw that on your IMDb. Fart copter. Yeah, check it out. Fart, fart copter. No matter is... what I do, I will always be proud of that movie. 
Or not me. <laughs> it's the first thing on your acting reel. It's like, yeah, if you, don't, like, if you can't get past this, don't hire me. <laughs> I, I can do a movie with Steven Spielberg. That'll still be the first one on yeah. my reel. I was at Fartcopter. Yeah. I also happened to be a <laughs> oh, Cobra <man>. Kai. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Cobra Kai uh, shot in Atlanta, but it was made to look like California. I was curious. Why didn't they want to go with Los Angeles? Um, I guess it was a tax incentive thing with with Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know all the details. I just know like yeah. it was more affordable to kind of film out here in Georgia. Like there are obviously kind of the issues of it takes place in LA, so we do those kind of establishing shots in LA. Oh, you like do we these. actually yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we do kind of a combination of the two. We'll do everything in Georgia and then stuff that we still need, we'll finish it up in LA. I just like the Hollywood Hills. said out here in yeah. Georgia, which means he's in Georgia now, which means he's filming now. Ah. <laughs> the general out here. I cannot, do not get me fired. <laughs> or he could fire, be. Do not get a fire, Big Dick. How do, how do you like Georgia in general? I, I, I hear it's very hot to shoot in. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Strong. Yeah. When it's hot, it's very hot. When it's cold, it's freezing cold. But I love Georgia. It's it's very green here, which is kind of different from where I am. Uh, yes. Everything's on fire where I am. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, you, the hills you, on the uh, Like on the coast, are you near the valley? Where do you live in I'm LA? Like, if you don't mind me asking. I'm like 40 minutes from LA. Okay. So, yeah. I was gonna say, like, if you got your diving license, you should check out the Atlanta Aquarium, and for three hundred bucks, you can scuba dive with their whale sharks. Oh God, no! Now <laughs> <laughs> they're whale sharks. They're docile. That's, I'm, I'm yeah. with Johnny on that. Whale sharks one. eat yeah. little shrimp. They don't eat people, so you yeah, can. Okay, only, okay. It's like I'm a big puppy dog. The they're like big. They're just whales. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. my worst fear is like being stranded in the middle of the ocean and sharks show up. Like that's. Uh, what you yeah. know what, bro? That'd be a. That'd be a good way to do it, man. That'd be a good way to face your fear. Swim with some whale sharks. Yeah. <laughs> I saw open water. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just down in Atlanta last week, and I saw a bunch yeah. of the Cobra Kai filming locations. So it's really cool to see it in person. Yeah. Like, you feel like you're actually like in the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they film a lot around Atlanta. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. And um, we have a lot of like outside stuff. Uh, for like the karate dojo but yeah. then we kind of like built everything in our soundstage and the uh the entire school we had like in previous seasons we went to like an actual college but then yeah. like we built the actual school in a soundstage which okay. to me it was just like insane cool. yeah i did mm -hmm. not know that that was possible but apparently you know movie magic it is yeah man so, yeah. awesome Very cool. so have you become like a friends with a lot of the cast um i know that you uh, uh, hawk said that that you guys have become boys cholo uh, yourself um um you guys have have established these amazing friendships from what i've heard oh yeah that's the thing about like working yeah. with people for years on a set you kind of get to know each other um yeah. jacob and cholo they actually got me into this card game magic the gathering oh which is like, oh, oh man that's yeah. a deep rabbit hole dude <laughs> Yeah. You weren't a nerd before, man. You are. Oh, yeah, it's man. taken over my life. I've recently <laughs> spent over 100 Jacob, bucks. I love that show. I love Thanks. that card game. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, season two, we played, like, that constantly. And I was just learning at the time. So I would just go over to their place, and they'd kick my ass each time. 
Yeah. <laughs> I need a loaded deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need a loaded deck. I want to get like uh, my soul ring. I get 50 soul rings. There you go. Awesome. I dig it. Wow. Johnny, wow. We, we, we appreciate uh, this interview so much. You're you're such a great talent. Um, uh, we love your show. Um, six seasons at least, according to the showrunners in the recent interview. So I'm excited we're getting a lot more Cobra Kai because it was a huge hit on Netflix. Uh, uh, thanks so much for, for yeah. uh, Skyping to Below the Belt. And uh, if you could, before we let you go, let us know who you are. Okay. Uh, throw out a... Um, Throw out your character from Cobra Kai. Um, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt and throw out a catchphrase or maybe a Dimitri catchphrase at the end. Okay, okay. So, like, uh, hi, my name's Gianni Chinzo. I play I Dimitri. Play on okay, Cobra okay. Kai, you're on yeah. Below the Belt show. Okay. And then um, one of your catchphrases, if you can think of one. Okay. There's, <laughs> there's a weird – oh, oh, God. I could do one that's just terrible. Okay. Yeah, do, do, that that one. One. do that one. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Gianni DiCenzo. I play Dimitri on Cobra Kai, and we hang out all the time. Give each other hand jobs. <laughs> you guys asked for it. <laughs> One more time, but throw, throw out Below the Belt Show, our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. But we're we're out, give below each other hand jobs you're, on you're, Below the Belt. Oh, okay, you're, you're, okay. Your, your catchphrase actually uh, is relevant to the name of our show. So they, yeah, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I just thought about it. Okay, yeah. That's perfect. It's uh, okay. Uh, Be as filthy as you want. It's okay. Right. It takes you two. You don't want that. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, I'm Gianni DiCenzo. I play Dimitri on Cobra Kai, and we hang out all the time. Give each other hand jobs on Below the Belt. They made me say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Good enough. Awesome. Let's do a photo op. Okay, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. Cool. Very good. Awesome. That was great. Everybody's uh, looks good in the photo. Johnny, you're amazing. Uh, we cannot wait for season four, which I'm guessing will drop next year uh, or maybe this year. Maybe we'll be treated. Who knows? Um, we cannot wait. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for watching the show. Thank All you. Right. All right. Have a good night. Brother. See ya. Bye. Peace. Good kid. Chachi McFly, I uh, just wanted to drop in. He's been feeling under weather, but he's a super huge Cobra Kai fan. Um, so he wanted to participate on the interview um, for uh, Johnny DeCienzo, um, who played uh, Dimitri. But uh, we're pretty much almost wrapped everything on BTB. And I know uh, some people need to wake up early. So just a couple more things before we wrap up tonight's show. That was, a first of all, an incredible interview. Oh man, that was that's up there. That's up there is one of the good ones for me. Isn't that a fun one, guys? Yeah, that was a fun one. He's a good kid. He's and a real good really, kid. It really makes a difference when you're a fan of the franchise and yeah. and you, you 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 love the fandom. Of course, um, all of us are fans of the original movies too. So mm-hmm. to be a fan of, in my opinion, one of the few recent reboots or sequels that really pays homage to the original. Mandalorian. Mandalorian's another example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In a positive way, not in like an exploitative way. Yes. Um, The new Halloween movie is an example. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ted 3, I think, is a good example. It is, yeah. 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 But there's not many, if you think about it, guys. I mean, can you you think of any more that I missed? Because I I, I really think sometimes the magic of when um, 
something has been produced from way back when is um is really best um it has to be done very carefully yeah yeah so um but if you can think of another one let me know because those are really only few i can think of there's not really many um but um just a couple more things before we wrap up btb guys um well, we have some uh, celebrity uh, gossip news. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. So Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles supposedly Very are nice. now an item as she ended her nine-year um, relationship with Jason Sudeikis. They actually have uh, two kids together. Were they married? Yeah, um, they were actually not married. They actually they oh, okay. I think they had two kids but never got married. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, um, I could be yeah, – because ever they're saying relationship relationship um mm-hmm. and they're co-parents of otis their son otis and their daughter daisy mm-hmm. okay but uh and it's just typical you know uh olivia wilde has been moving on to directing and harry styles is in uh her newest film um called don't worry darling it's a psychological thriller um and you mentioned uh, Transformers a little earlier, um, as you know, Megan Fox, the star Transformers now with Machine Gun Kelly, but Brian Austin Green apparently has moved on to Sharna Burgess. Um, and she's a, a one of the Dancing with the Stars uh, professional dancers. So, so he's moved on. It, it, she's gorgeous. Let's not get this mistaken, eh, but, but, Megan, but Megan Fox is, yeah, <laughs> she's smolderingly hot. Um, uh, Kim Kardashian is uh, done with Kanye, man. Finally done with Kanye. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I mean, Kanye was bordering on just crazy. Yeah. That motherfucker's <laughs> been part of a movie club. Goddamn. Um, yep. Um, presidential... he's, he's a movie kid. He's too soon. Yeah, presidential campaign run with no political experience. Then again, our current president never had it either. But, <laughs> but uh, funny, it's funny. I mean, it's just it's just crazy uh, that um, okay. Well, they're finally ending their seven year marriage to save Kim's own sanity. Ah, um, there, there you go. <laughs> Congratulations to Emma Roberts and Garrett Hedlund who just welcomed their first child together. Aww. Um, well wishes go out to Dustin Diamond has been hospitalized with an undisclosed illness. Dustin Diamond. Dustin Diamond was screeched from, from Saved, Saved by the Bell. Oh, the Bell. yeah, yeah, So yeah. he was hospitalized. He was in a yeah, he did a porn. <laughs> uh, but he was hospitalized in Florida for apparently feeling pain all over his body and a general sense of unease. So COVID. Um, well, <laughs> it could be, but the doctors believe a cancer diagnosis is likely, but tests are still being conducted to determine the cause. Yeah. Got to feel bad. He didn't do make well with his castmates from Saved by the Bell. That's probably why he didn't get asked back to reprise his role. But COVID has um, infected some celebrities, um, including Sophie Rundle, who stars in Peaky Blinders. Okay. She just posted on Instagram that she had contracted COVID-19. Um, also, synth pop musician Elon Musk's partner, Grimes... Uh, also got COVID nineteen. Imagine. Just to show you, you can be a billionaire, but you, you can't be catch, married can't to COVID. a billionaire, and you can still catch COVID, mm. which is kind of surprising because you think that Elon Musk would be one of the first people to get that vaccine. Thank. 
You no, think? he he leans no? fairly right. He 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 does lean very fairly to the right. Doesn't believe in the. He doesn't believe in. Well, you don't think he believes in vaccines? As far as I'm, far as I've seen, he's he leans fairly fairly right wing. So you know. Well, you I can mean, you can say that he because he he's tries, a billionaire. He's a billionaire. It's well, like you have just money. You, probably, you lean, lean right doesn't mean you don't want the vaccine. There's plenty of people on the right that do want the vaccine. <clears throat> sure. But there's also a lot of people on the right that also believe that it's a hoax or that they right. can't get it. Like, or if you, ha- I had it once, I can't get it again. It's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. The WWE champion Drew McIntyre, the Scottish warrior, Drew McIntyre also tested positive for COVID-19. Mm. Um, and they've been doing his segments remotely on, on Raw because mm. he's defending his title at... Royal Rumble against Goldberg. So uh, Goldberg. Yes, Goldberg. Yes. I am the only person here who has never watched wrestling. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just kid. I know who Goldberg is. We all um, know Goldberg. Is. One of my favorite Goldberg things. Uh, there was this dude who would prank call people. His name was Roar Dave Mercer, and he called Goldberg. And uh, you should check it out on YouTube. It's funny. But <laughs> it just put put in Goldberg prank call, and you'll appreciate oh, it. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's basically like threatening to kick Goldberg's ass, and Goldberg's just like, "Yeah, come on, buddy. (laughs) Sure, come on over." Yeah, he was a beast back in the day, guys. I mean, still is a beast, beast. man. I want still is, still is. But you know, he's mid fifties, so it's like, okay, come on. (laughs) Um, we do have some sad passings to announce. Um, we were off for a couple weeks, so I do want to announce some iconic names that passed. Um, while we were off, Uh, one is uh, Don Wells. Best known as uh, Marianne from the iconic uh, comedy series Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island, no more. Uh, yeah, sadly passed away to complications due to COVID nineteen. Were you were you Team Marianne or Team Ginger? You know what? A lot of people thought that Marianne was the cuter, and Ginger was just all makeup and yeah, all that. Um, Ginger was glam, you know, fucking. She was like the girl next door, but she yeah, was hot. Yeah, she was the girl next door. Yeah. But she was still hot, you know? Yeah. I mean, the girl next door might be cute at best in my neighborhood, but <laughs> she certainly didn't look like Marianne. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, we also have a sad passing in um, um, Antonio Sabato Sr. He's the father of Antonio Sabato Jr. Yeah. He's yeah. No- best known for his role in Grand Prix and Escape from the Bronx. Also, Due to COVID nineteen, guys. Damn. So bro. please take it very serious. Uh, this pandemic is not over. Please wear your mask. Um, not by a long shot. It's not over. Nope. Another uh, another uh, talent lost by COVID nineteen. Katie Olson, country singer songwriter from the eighties and nineties. Oh, okay. Um, also passed away due to COVID nineteen. Um, and other passings include Jessica Campbell. Best known for roles in Election and Freaks and Geeks. Sadly passed away at the age of 38. Um, no cause of death given uh, just yet um, for her passing. But certainly when you're only 38 and you pass away, it it's is... not good, uh, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. <clears throat> certainly, certainly too super, young. Too super sad. This is another one, guys, that's really sad because... I was actually attending this con, um, I believe it was two years ago, and it was the All-Star Comic Con in Northern Virginia. Adolfa Shabadoo Quinones, he was known as the breakdancer in Breaking. Oh, yeah, Shabadoo. Shabadoo, a.k.a. Shabadoo, had sadly passed away 
he tested negative for COVID-19, but yet no cause of death was announced. He was actually found um, unconscious uh, by his roommate, and there were no signs of foul play. Um, yeah. Really, really sad. If you Pilar want to see stuff. good interviews with him, there's a documentary called um, uh, Electric Boogaloo, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. Canon Films was a production company that made the break-in movies back in the 90s. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, they made like kind of schlocky C and even D grade level films. Um, but uh, the break-in movies were big hits for them. Even the sequel, Electric Boogaloo, that's where the title Electric Boogaloo comes from, <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, is that film. And so... Uh, he's in both of those movies, and they're not bad movies. Breaking One is pretty good. It's 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 corny, but it's fun. It's mainly you're watching you for the dancing. Yeah, yeah. I d- definitely mm. need to rewatch those films. That's for yeah. sure. Rob Schneider, who we were lucky to have on Below the Belt show um, several years ago, his mother had sadly passed away. Pilar Schneider. Um, so condolences go out. Um, she's Filipino. Um, so she, um, so Rob Schneider is half Filipino, half Jewish. Wow. Um, and he always acknowledged her, his mother doing his stand-up, and uh, certainly sad to hear that. Now, Tanya Roberts, um, who was a former Charlie's Angels, has also passed away. She had a really bizarre story recently because supposedly they prematurely announced her death, and she was still alive. Yeah. And then she actually died like the next day. Mm. Um, Getting out ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I understand, she was like, uh, I think she was already like in a coma on a ventilator or something when they she said. Was ready. Very grave she was already condition. Already stage. Yeah. Yeah, she was also on that '70s show. Um, That's and, where I remember. Uh, yeah, very sad that, to hear that she passed. And for you fans of the Police Academy movies, Marion Ramsey, um, she had passed away as well. Um, her character was known as like the very mousy, quiet, nerdy cop that actually like had kind of Tourette's, and she would explode and. Yeah. <laughs> she got pissed off. Her character was so memorable. Yeah. Uh, Police Academy, definitely one of the funniest uh, movies. I, I, the first one I remember watching as a kid and, and uh, seeing Commandant Lassard get a blowjob <laughs> from the podium was one of the funniest scenes because, like, yeah, we have to go oh, police, get our troops. And, like, he would, like, like just get his voice would, would, would just be. Uh, affected by getting the blowjob at the podium while he was doing the speech. I mean, <laughs> imagine if Bill Clinton was doing a speech and Monica Lewis, he started blowing him in the middle of his presidential speech. Who's you know? to say that didn't happen? That would be what I would consider a baller move. Sure. <laughs> right. uh, no. Yeah, Police uh, Academy 1 is pretty good. The sequels don't even bother. Just... Watch the original. It's good. The fourth one was good. It had David Spade and Tony Hawk. So I think I always good. enjoy the one where they go to Miami Beach. <laughs> oh Jesus! I think that's five, maybe. Yes, yes. Wasn't there supposed to be a reboot of that yes. happening at some point? I yeah. think so. I, I think I, so. Yeah, I think Steve Gutenberg um was, was is on board. So they're gonna they're gonna make it a a sequel um series or movie, which you know, which is what I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these Deezer D. Thompson, best known for his role as Malik McGrath on ER. On ER. Medical I'm, I'm, ER currently, yeah. I'm currently watching Are ER. Are you really watching it? Oh, yeah, me too. Show? Yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. we really watching I'm, ER? I'm That's a, it's it right a genuinely now. great show. Seven. Oh, it's a fantastic really? show. I'm only season three, yeah. Do you remember his role? Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was like a, a nurse. I mean, he was nurse. kind of background, but he was a recurring role. He was a recurring yeah. role, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's not really background. That's definitely recurring. No, he was a recurring role. Um, yeah, he, he show up. He was in even back in like season two he and was three. Season one. Season one, yeah. Like there was a there was an episode where um there was a gang shootout mm-hmm. and um there was season two or three and uh, Anthony Edwards' character Doctor Green treated the white cop before the black gangbanger, but first. And yeah. so he got really pissed off at him for that, even though the cop was less seriously injured than than the gang member. Yeah. So, yeah, huh. it's a it's like that was a genuinely great show. It falls off towards the later seasons, but um, because everybody was gone. <laughs> like, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's a genuinely right. great show. The moment that Dr. Green leaves the show, Anthony Edwards is gone. Stop. <laughs> That's, That's where, where I stop. am right now. OK. Yeah. Yeah, that the moment he leaves the show, done. Show is done. Interesting that you're watching the old shows. Um, you know, it, the old shows I were genuinely great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like now, like, when, each episode no one's like really an hour t- long. So, but was, no one's really talking about ER now. But the fact you guys are watching is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, same with so general. Many, hospital. So many hospital shows that these days are schmaltzy. ER yeah. was like just very matter of fact. It okay. was. It was. For me, it was a bit ahead of its time. Well, it speaking good. of ERs and hospitals, a general hospital actor had passed away, John Riley. He's a veteran soap star, um, and no cause of death was given. So, sadly, he had passed away as well. Uh, Stacy Title, a filmmaker who directed The Bye Bye Man, um, okay. died from ALS. Um, so mm. bummer. And in the sports world, uh, legendary baseball manager of the LA Dodgers, Tommy Lasorda. I passed away at the age of 93 after a cardiac arrest in his home. Great. Tommy Lasorda. Uh, yeah. yeah I, used go, I used to go to Dodgers games when I was when I was a kid in L.A. Aw. Yeah. He's so iconic, Lasorda. man. Yeah. So iconic, but, you know, he, he lived a long life. Yeah. Um, and also in the sports world, but in the world of wrestling, this one really hits hard because he was so young uh, at the age of 41 brody lee known aw aw in wwe he was known as luke harper he was a member of the wyatt family um yeah sadly passed away due to a lung issue which was not COVID related um yeah just just so young man at 41 to pass away from 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 um a health issue um that happened I think the day after Christmas and we were off the air, but I wanted to throw that out because um, Luke Harper was just such a great athlete and such a great personality in the ring. And the thing about him is that everybody had some great things to say. Not everybody in the wrestling world supposedly were great people. There are people, Mm -hmm. you know, that that had some, you know, I mean, it's to be expected Bad tendencies or whatever. Not everybody in your workplace is going to be somebody that you like. (laughs) Right. There's always that one asshole. Mm -hmm. But not the case of Luke Harper. Everybody had great things to say about him. So, um, you know, he was certainly uh, well-liked in the locker room. And that's right, guys. Today is Wednesday, January 13th. So some birthday shout-outs to close out tonight's show. Richard Mole from Night Court, which supposedly is getting a revival. Oh, shit. Um, he's 78 today. Okay. My, How are they going to revive that without Harry Shearer? Yeah, that's no. a very good like, point. How do you do that? You're going to yeah. just keep the keep the actors that um, are still uh, working and around. I mean, he's one of them, John Larquette. And as, long as, as long as Brent Spiner shows up, I'm happy. Right. <laughs> Brent Spiner was part of that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, my boss for four seasons when Beep shot in the DMV area, Julie Louis Dreyfus, because I played one of her staffers. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie Louis is 60 today. That's a milestone birthday. Happy birthday, oh, Julia. Hey, girl. Is she 60? No, you're she's lying. 60. She's 60. Jesus. Look it up, Jesse. I know it's hard to believe because she's so youthful looking, isn't she? She looks great for 60. You got it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Penelope Ann Miller is 57. Uh, speaking of ER, uh, Patrick Dempsey is 55. Uh, Suzanne Cryer from Two Guys and Girls, Silicon Valley is 54. Tracy Bingham from Baywatch 53. Shonda Rhimes, writer and producer of Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice, is 51. Nicole Egger from Charles in Charge and Baywatch is 49. Michael Pena from American Hustle is 45. Orlando Bloom is 44. Happy birthday, Orlando. Damn. And Liam Hemsworth from The Hunger Games, Thor's brother, is 31. That's birthdays today. 31. What a baby. I know, right? Yeah. Happy birthday, Thor Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's it for Hollywood. everything going on in the world of Hollywood, guys. It was a tremendous show from top to bottom. I'd love to thank, like to thank, as I did get a, a whiskey in the second half of the show. Yeah, buddy. I'd like to thank, of course, our special special celebrity guest Johnny DiCenzo who plays Dimitri on our favorite show on Netflix, Cobra Kai. I implore all the listeners who have not watched Cobra Kai even if you're not a Karate Kid fan if you've never seen a Karate Kid movie you will still enjoy this show. It's just just something to escape all the ugliness going on in our world today. Yeah. Um, something it's great an apolitical show. <laughs> and yes. very apolitical. Thank you. And didn't go over the top woke for the sake of being woke, um, yeah. what was the term you used? Something woke, um, forced woke. Forced well, woke. Um, God, what, but, what did we say? We said it earlier in the show. Go watch. This. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't go that route, and still has a diverse cast. So yeah, I love it. it's not obnoxious. Let's put it. Yes, that way. exactly. And of course, thank you so much to the amazing panel. Um, Chachi McFly under the weather, but he's a super Cobra Kai fan, so he joined just for. Giant uh, DiCenzo, Dimitri, um, and also participate in our upcoming interview that we're going to close the program with, which is the one and only Hawk, played by Jacob Bertrand, which we're excited. We'd like to thank, of course, on the panel, the one and only cosplayer extraordinaire, production hand extraordinaire, the one and only Jesse Fresco, a.k.a. Hardcore Bloodshots. Thank you so much, Jesse. You're welcome. And he's on multiple podcasts that he plugged throughout the show. So. <laughs> Film Rescue Show, Split the Difference, Palette Cleanser, That Weird-Ass Game. There's a bunch. <laughs> and uh, thanks for being a part of Below the Belt Show. Of course. And, and, of course, we close out with the one and only Nick. Big Nick, a.k.a. the captain who's going to land the plane. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Thank you for flying Air BTB. We did have a bumpy ride with Karate Chops. Please stay in your seat with your seatbelt fastened until the plane <laughs> comes to a complete stop. Thank you for flying. All right. So here we end with Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk. Eli turned Hawk. Eagle Hawk. Think about it. Eagle Fang. Eagle Fang. Hawk. He had to be with Eagle Fang, right? Yeah. Anyways, Jacob Bertrand, our pre-recorded interview from last week, the close of the show, guys. We will see you guys next week. And um, um, I'm already going to announce. Well, we'll save that because we have some big announcements coming up on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, so, save that. So we will see you guys 
next week. Until then, peace. Yes. I like you guys' backgrounds. That's awesome. We had to. Perfect. We had to do it, Jacob, of course. All right, let's go ahead and welcome to Below the Belcher. This is our first interview of 2021. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah hopefully a and we're happy to have as our premier guest, actor extraordinaire, Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk on my favorite, your favorite, my favorite. series, <laughs> all our favorite series, uh, Cobra Kai. Jacob, it's good to have you on Below the Belt Show, my man. Dude, yeah, I'm stoked. Awesome, yeah. awesome, we, awesome. We love Cobra Kai so much. And like, you know, a few years ago when they finally announced they're going to do a Karate Kid TV series, we're like, oh, they're going to ruin it. <laughs> they always ruin everything, you know, anything from the 80s they can make money off of, they're going to ruin it. But then when we saw the trailer, and the trailer was amazing, and then we watched season one on, back then, YouTube, um, Red, then YouTube Premium, and it's just outstanding. And we were told all our friends, we were like, you got to watch Cobra Kai, you got to watch Cobra Kai. And people were like, well, I don't have YouTube Red. I'm like, well, it's free for a month. Just sign up, do it. But now you're on Netflix, and nobody should have a problem at all. And exactly, because everybody has Netflix. <laughs> First of all, how did you feel about the shift from YouTube to Netflix? Has that impacted you in any way? More people get to see it, you know, that sort? Yeah, so me and uh, Sholo, he plays Miguel on Cobra Kai. We would always joke about it. We would joke like, oh, yeah, like what if it went to Netflix? Like that'd be crazy. Um, and then it actually did. And we're like, dude, this is nuts. And yeah. I don't think <laughs> anyone really expected it to kind of blow up in the way that it did. Um, right. You know, like everyone thought it would do well, but. Yeah, it was insane. I mean, yeah, now I'm doing way more interviews. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, every, everybody's from my high school is texting me like, you know, I love the show. My dad loves the show, you know. <laughs> uh, I was actually uh, – last night uh, I was at a drive through uh, you know, just going in, in and out, and a fire truck came by, and one of the firemen was walking by and was like, hey, Hawk, what's up, bro? Yes, <laughs> like, oh, hey, yes. Man. Yeah, it's so uh, funny. There's people on my Facebook. They're like, I just found this new show called Cobra Kai. I'm like, I've been telling you about this show for three years. You just, <laughs> you just found it? Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, you guys are OGs since YouTube. That's legit. Oh, yeah. yeah we, yes. had, we had Mary on. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, we had Mary on season one. She um, called into our show. And um, yep. the actress who plays Moon. Um, you're oh, awesome. Yeah, so yep, yep. You're in, you're in good company for that. So let's, let's talk about your journey, I guess, from, from getting the role of Hawk in the audition process. Was it very, um, you know, very uh, competitive? Yeah. Um, when I actually first auditioned for Cobra Kai, I auditioned for the role of Dimitri. Um, oh, wow. And at the time, yeah, at the time it was called Tanzit. Um, yeah, so I auditioned for that and, you know, felt like I did pretty good. Um, and in this, in the audition scene, the audition scene that it was, it was when Miguel comes up to the lunch table and Dimitri's like, oh, yeah, like, welcome to the cool table. You just signed away any chance of losing your virginity before high right. school, you know. <laughs> um, that was the scene. And, you know, Eli has, like, one line in that scene. And I auditioned for Dimitri. And they're like, yeah, you did great. You know, producers loved it. They want you to read for the role of Eli. And I was like, oh, okay, like I did good, but not good enough. You know, I get to play the quiet kid, you know, yeah. that had one line. But I was like, you know what? It's a really cool project. It films in Atlanta. I'm super stoked. So uh, I go to the next audition, audition for Eli. And I was like, sweet, I'm ready. And I walk in and I start my scene. And they're like, oh, you have the wrong sides. Um, so they give me new sides and they were hawk lines. 
And I was like, who the heck is this? Like, this is a completely <laughs> different character. I had no idea that they were connected. Yes. And so I go back in. Uh, John, one of the big three, who's one of the creators, he explained yeah. to me the transition. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, so I did that audition. Uh, and I'd say about three hours later, I got a call that I booked it. And then a couple days later, I was on a flight to Atlanta to go film. It happened really, really fast. Amazing. Were you and pretty you're... surprised? Because most of your like um, previous roles before this were like um, more like child roles, like, yeah. like good wholesome roles, not like the <laughs> badass hawk roles. <laughs> well, yeah, it becomes the badass. He has quite an arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series. So, but yes. <laughs> Are we surprised they wanted you for this role uh, based on your past um, acting experience? Yeah, I was. Um, I was kind of shocked that they. Because a lot of what I'd done before had been, you know, Disney stuff or, yeah. you know, pretty much strictly right. comedy. Um, so when I got the role for Dimitri, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is, you know, kind of right up my alley. Like, this is right. this would be really fun. And uh, I think Hawk season one is more of a comedic relief than in later seasons. He kind of becomes more of a yeah. dramatic uh, yeah. uh, a character. Um, but I, I was surprised that they had saw my audition for Dimitri and thought, hey, let's – this kid could play Hawk. Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually should ask them like what in that audition made them think, oh, we should try this kid out for Hawk. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they saw in that audition. They're like, he could play a crazy kid with a mohawk who gets a right. fat cat. The um, but you I remember, great. Yeah, Absolutely. I remember when I first one of the first days on set, Josh, one of the writers, he was talking to me. He's like, yeah, man, your character's going to be great. You're going to get a mohawk. You're going to get a back tattoo. You're going to make out with all these girls. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and he got called somewhere. He's like, oh, I got to go, but I'll see you later. And I was like, what? You just dropped the biggest bomb on me ever. <laughs> like, what the heck? Amazing. Um, I, I hear it's kind of short. Okay. Talking about the mohawk. Is it actually like a wig um, prosthetic type of thing or what is it? Yeah, it's it's all my real hair. I your real hair? Yeah, yeah, I grow my hair out uh, for every season, and they buzz the sides and tease it up with so much freaking hairspray. Oh, I, awesome. I think okay. my hair, when it's the mohawk, is like 80% hairspray. Uh, how how <laughs> long are you in the makeup chair uh, before you shoot? So Get if it's a ready. day where I have to get the back tattoo, it's mm. probably a good almost two hours. I take, wow. I take quite a while because the mohawk takes about an hour, um, and then – you know, my makeup doesn't take that long, and you know, I get the little lip tattoo. It's a, it used to be a prosthetic, and that took a while. Right. Um, once I got the mohawk, the writers wanted the lip to kind of be a little more um, less pronounced. Right. So it became just a little temporary tattoo um, that takes like five minutes to put on, and then the okay. back tattoo is a big three-piece temporary tattoo that um, used to take like forty-five minutes because I would move around a lot while they would try to put it on, but now I've learned to sit still and. It takes only like 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, the Mohawk takes a little while, though. Um, I was curious about the – because your character has a, a cleft palate, right? That's, yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Has there been any positive or negative uh, feedback from the cleft palate community? Uh, I was just curious about that. It's actually all been super positive. Cool. Yeah, yeah, which um, – and I, I was honestly kind of uh, worried about that in a way because I didn't want to um, yeah. like misrepresent or – you know what I mean? Like to tell like someone else's story in a, in, in a way that they didn't appreciate, you know, but yeah. um, the response has been super um, positive. And, you know, I've had a lot of people DM me and be like, Hey, like, you know, I had, 
I have a, a cleft lip or a cleft palate and, you know, I used to, to be bullied for it in high school, but you know, like your character is like really giving me um, inspiration to like yes. stand up, like not give a shit about what people think about. <laughs> exactly. Cause like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't know. Um, kids also, kids can just be dicks, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I think it's a really accurate uh, representation of a lot of high schools. What we, we see in Cobra Kai. Yeah. I, I really, I really think it is, especially the scene where, you know, Kyler, I think it's in, and since he's one, like, you know, like grabs my face. And like, yeah. Oh, like, duh, duh, duh. I remember, uh, that scene, I was like, wow, this feels so like reminiscent of like eighth grade. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, this is so weird. You know, and it's funny because Joe, who plays Kyler, is like the nicest guy in the freaking world. Oh. And he plays a total jerk, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually how it is. I, yeah. I find in acting a lot of and that also shows that you're an amazing actor. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, like, you know, totally opposite of what you are. are. All the people who are really nice on on the show, they're just dicks in real life, you know. Like, <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Tanner's the worst. Ralph Macho. We started. Ralph Macho horrible. Oh yeah, Ralph and Billy just uh, they're constantly punching <laughs> me, and Ralph just can't stop crane kicking people. It's a problem. It's a problem. I love it. I love Were it. You fans of the original um, three movies when you um, went to audition? Yeah, I actually, I my dad was a really big fan. Right. And when I was like eight and my brother was like six or seven, he sat us down and was like, you need to watch these movies in order to become men. Like this yes. is like this. There was like a bunch of movies he had us watch. It was like, uh, oh, it was like Pulp Fiction, Ferris Bueller, oh, wow. uh, The Karate Kid. Um, what was it? Though? Ocean's Eleven. It was just like a bunch of old movies. Like these are all my favorite movies. Like you need to watch these, you know. <laughs> Smart man, smart man. At yeah. six and eight years old, you're watching Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, looking back at that, I'm like, you not have watched Usual Suspects at eight years old. <laughs> but it made you the man you are today. It made me the right? man I am today. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So uh, let's talk about the martial arts experience because I was curious, um, what what do we see that's you, uh, that's Hawk, and what do we see that's your stunt double? Yeah, I'd say for stunts, it's, uh, the stunt coordinators, Hito and Janelle, they do a really good job at kind of tailoring what our choreography is to each specific person, you know, like, so for me, they kind of, which I think is pretty cool. I didn't know, I did actually didn't know this until season two. They kind of gave each character a style and like my character specifically is more Muay Thai affiliated. So a lot more elbows and knees. And okay. um, so awesome. when I train, they train me more in Muay Thai. So that when I go to do choreography, I am, it's just, it's more natural for me because I pretty much exclusively train Muay Thai, uh, where, you know, Sholo will be more traditional karate or, you know, I mean, Tanner will be more traditional karate. Um, uh, yeah. So they really tailor everything for us. And I'd say, I mean, for almost everyone, it's like 95% of it is the actor, you know, yeah, for very specific things. I will never let Hito live this down. Janelle was on my side and Hito just wouldn't let me do it. And I will forever hold it against him in season two, episode 10. When I get kicked into the glass trophy case, yeah. I wanted to do that so bad. He was like, no, <laughs> your face might get cut. I was like, fine. <laughs> that was the last shot of right. season two. That was the right. last shot we, we did of the entire season. Wow. Like, it doesn't matter if my face gets cut. It'll heal. I don't have to come to work tomorrow, you know, but. <laughs> 
So there so was that, a lot. That's one thing I didn't get to do. So there was a lot of uh, training outside of being on set. So you guys had to yeah. like meet up with your trainers, practice the Muay Thai techniques. Yeah. Okay, so that's an additional into being on set, which is which is already a long day as it is. So you're wow. like more confident now in your everyday life, having to know, you know, having to learn this martial arts and you know being more of a real life badass. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, I think <laughs> martial arts in general, when you start training, you kind of walk around with more confidence. And right. I think you know, if anyone close to my size and my skill level was to you know step yeah. up, I think I can I could be okay, but. Um, yeah, no, it's it's super fun. I definitely I used to do karate when I was a little kid. Um, I did it for like you know three or four years, and I was like yeah. seven to eleven or twelve. Um, and this has definitely like reignited uh, that sort of passion for that. And you know, oh, yeah. I I kind of have through quarantine has been kind of hard, but I've kind of kept up training Muay Thai and really gotten into nice. jiu-jitsu with Cholo, and um, we would go and roll around every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's so much fun. I love that aspect of the show. I love being active and you know getting oh, yeah. down and getting to do my own stunts so i'm always excited to learn new stuff yeah for me like actually when i saw the first three karate kid movies later in life i went and um took martial arts and became a black belt yep. so That's like awesome. yeah so like this you know the original franchise is very important to me and with you guys like normally i hate the um younger younger um kids or whatever in the in a reboot or a cont continuation yeah. i'm like ah oh, the kids who cares about them <laughs> but the writers have done such a good job and you actors have done such a great job of um making these interesting like you know just like a lot of depth to these characters that i find myself rooting as much for you guys as i do for like ralph macchio and, and billy and, and and martin cove their characters so that's yeah. a great testament to you guys Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, the writers are awesome, and they really make sure that each character is sort of like a gray area, you know, right. where yes. you can hate them or you can love them. There's an argument for both, and I think Hawk is a very polarizing kid, like you that. know? You really either hate him or love him. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that I love about, you know, this show is because, you know, for maybe a lot of kids that are in my generation, they might not have seen the Karate Kid, you know? And right. Right. It's kind of an introduction to it, and then they get to go right. and experience the Karate Kid for the first time, and watch those movies so I, I think that's really cool that you know you can watch it with your son and oh he yeah can like the, he can love cobra kai and you can love it for the nostalgia value yeah, yeah and of course yeah yeah no i'm saying because that's why it's so important that they have these flashbacks from yeah. the original movies oh yeah to get the audience even though if they didn't watch the original movies mm -hmm. they, they they now are understanding more so a lot of the easter eggs and a lot of the characters from the past so that's yeah, a very yeah. important point and plus yeah. now if you go back and watch the original um three movies you understand a lot more when you're watching it you're like okay johnny is an asshole because of this because his stepdad yeah. was an asshole you know mm -hmm. and you yes. understand like why they they acted a certain way they did even in karate kid 2 now with this new season it's fleshing out those characters a lot better now yeah. which is amazing but you'll be happy to know, Jacob. I've I've watched the entire season three already. Chachi, oh yes. Chachi, you're halfway through. You're I'm gonna finish. Episode, I'm starting okay. episode seven last night, so I'm Ooh. not done yet. Well, um, I want to say something, but not spoiling for Chachi or, yeah. or, or listeners, if I can word it in a way. But your character Hawk has such an arc in season three, um, and you, there's a lot of inner conflict uh, yeah. as far as alliances go. Let's just say. Um, and I, th I think uh, that finale uh, of, season, of episode 10 really showed where, your heart, was, where your heart was, where, where, yeah. where Hawk's heart was. Yeah, and I thought that was great. Yeah, I think, I think Hawk for season three is – he just doesn't really know where he stands in the sort of new crease Cobra Kai. And I think figuring out you know where, where his heart really lies and 
you know, with his old friends of Dimitri and Miguel, and you know, he was with yeah. Johnny and and yeah. you know, the new ideology that Kreese is sort of shoving down. Like Hawk is a very all-in type of person, and I think through season three, you kind of see him get start making choices of you know, like is this can I really buy into this 110% like right. I do everything else, you know? Um, and that's yeah. kind of a hard, hard question for him that all through, I mean, you've seen me um, break an arm. So. Yes. Yes. And that yeah. was, yeah. that was like a shocking scene right there. I'm like, yeah. is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And he did yeah, it. I know. Uh, that, that's it. That's going all in right there. You know? Yeah. yeah. Seeing the look on your face, like you're like, did I just do that? Like, was that yeah. right? I mean, it's, and that he got, the, he got the hot blonde though, so I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, 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 remember, go... I remember Gianni was so nervous <laughs> to do that scene. I was like, it's so <laughs> like, dude, oh my god, I don't know. I'm like, it's fine, bro. It's fine. Just don't worry about it. Just just lean in and pray, bro. You'll be okay. You're like, all right, okay. I'll let you know how it goes. You know, you're like, hey, Gianni, today's the day, bro. <laughs> These guys have really become your good friends, it seems. Like, uh, oh, yeah. like you, I, you keep mentioning the Dimitri and, and Cholo and stuff. So, so a lot of these guys, a lot of people on the cast have become your friends outside, off of set as well. Oh, yeah. Cholo yeah. Lynn, um Sholo lives uh, super close to me uh, in LA, so we hang out all the time. Um, I see Gianni a lot. I see Joe, who plays oh. Kyler, a lot. Um, Khalil, who plays Chris, he lives in Chicago, but whenever he comes out, we always hang out. And you know, uh, Tanner, Peyton, uh, and Mary. You know, even though, like when we're—I mean, it'll probably be different because of quarantine filming, but yeah. usually, uh, usually it's we'll all hang out uh, when we're not filming together and like play video games or do like. Monopoly in the night or something, but yeah, we're oh, all nice. which is great. I freaking love it. And I, and I was, was told the last question, Chachi. Yeah. So we should we ask about um, season four? Um, like, uh, what can we expect? Uh, the production schedule, of course, due to the pandemic, uh, um, people want to see more uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, season four, uh, it's coming soon. Uh, we yes. are yes, we are greenlit for a season four, which is super super exciting. Yes, it's great, it's great. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm super stoked. Uh, season four for Hawk, uh, definitely going to be some you know relationship problems. Nice. In terms of, okay. Of, uh, you know, getting back with on the Johnny side, and you know, because he was kind of a dick to a lot of people. So yeah, it'll, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be. I think it'll be a a happy welcoming, but I mean, he did do a lot of bad things throughout season three. So it'll okay. be it'll be hard to forgive him. I Awesome. Well, yeah. Jacob, wow, phenomenal interview, Chachi. Unfortunately, um, I know, I know. We have Such to wrap this show. Up. Actually, I just, I just got show. back from Atlanta myself. I went down there. I saw a bunch of um, Cobra Kai filming locations, and I was down oh, there. No like, way. The, yeah, the dojo location, like, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, Ralph Macchio's house there. Yeah. Um, the school. West Valley High. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a cool city to shoot in. I'm glad you get to oh, shoot yeah, there. Oh yeah, I love it. In the and as we always end the interview, if you could let us know who you are, Jacob, your character on Cobra Kai. And you're on Below the Belt Show and a catchphrase, whatever you want at the end. Yeah, what's up? Hey, what's up? I'm Jacob Bertrand. I play Hawk on Cobra Kai. And this is Below the Belt Podcast. Woohoo! All awesome. right. Just do one snapshot before we go. And one snapshot. Yeah, totally. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Awesome. Sweet. Jacob, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Great Thanks job. so much. Thank you. Great job. Thanks for I'll joining. Good to meet you guys. And great Thank luck you. with your career. You're doing wonderful. 
Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Favorite character. Good to meet you. Alright, bye-bye. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.